I called earlier, but I hung up because I was nervous. Do you have references? Why? If that was you on the phone and you on the bus, who was measuring the lines? Hello, every- <laughs> hello, <laughs> hello, everybody. Welcome to Big Trouble World Podcast, episode two hundred six. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. <sighs> I'm Chad. I'm not supposed to say anything because I'm Cal Zorlock. You can't say anything. Oh, uh, do we got to get like fucking overlay? Do we got to get cards? Yeah. Index cards. <laughs> Hold on, let me turn my organ on for a second. <laughs> They all needed to be written in German, though. You guys can't read it. Only I can read it. So we are doing Zach's theme, um, where it's like the evolution of Dracula. And we're, the first one is Nosferatu. Um, 1922, by the way. But before we get into that, guys, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? I will go first. I've been playing Destiny 2. Um, I got all the DLCs. Um, I found out something stupid that Bungie does is that like when a DLC is not populated, you can't go to their planet and do uh, stuff because they shut it down so that they could focus on other DLC. And I'm like, I bought these for nothing until they open up again. (laughs) Like when I buy something, I should be able to play it like immediately. Um, But I guess they're like moving around servers. So I guess I don't care, but it's addicting. Um, the only thing I will say is what is with games with user interfaces constantly like having a lot of shit on the fucking screen? Great question. I fucking hate intrusive HUDs. I hate it. Every time there's a game that lets you turn off the whole HUD, that, that immediately makes me love a game twice as much. I love that shit. Yeah, but- it's, uh, it's why Elden Ring was so great because it went away from that and they were like, we're not going to put everything on here and tell you about all the DLC that we have that you can purchase at the marketplace Ex- and all that. Exactly. Things. Bungie does that and there's the no Ubisoft special. And there's no way to turn it off, by the way. Um, yeah. So if you don't have the Witch Queen, every time you go from world to world, you get a mm-hmm. fucking ad that's at the bottom of your screen saying, hey, Witch Queen, go buy it. What are you waiting for? Do it. And I'm like this cyberpunk bullshit ads everywhere blade runner type of shit get off of my screen uh <laughs> and i i've been having fun um they want you to live off world i guess yeah uh it's it's halo just with like different enemies and different lore uh the the shooting feels good um uh, i like me and my friends we have a clan on there so we're doing like all uh the multiplayer the pvps and the pves um, it's still confusing. I don't know what the half of the shit I'm doing. I'm just going world to world and seeing if I'm able to like win the, uh, the mission. Shoot it guys who shoot at you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's why I stopped playing it. I, I think it, a lot of it has to do, you said a very key thing. You, you have people you're playing with. It felt like it got really difficult to try to tread through some of the DLC if you were doing it all solo. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you have people to play with and do the, um, Oh, what were they calling? What are they called? The dungeons? Uh, Instance strikes. Strikes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, Stri- yeah. 
Yeah, it, yeah, strikes and then uh, the actual raids and stuff were were really cool. But again, you got to have people you like to play with, and it's weird. My friends for both the original and the sequel never liked playing P- the PvP part, but I thought that was a blast. Yeah, the P- the one thing I like about Bungie is that they're unique with their online multiplayer. Because like when you go play like new games, like oh you want a battle royale? Oh you want a wave of enemies? They're like nah, bitch. We got our own like. Uh, like fucking levels and shit there's there's a game called gambit uh where it's two teams facing each other but it's co-op so you're fighting the same enemy you have to shoot enemies collect their uh uh whatever item it is and then put it into one area uh that you put in like a container and then like a boss battle uh like summons and stuff and you have to beat that boss the first thing to beat that boss is the winner but there's, so you're working together or you're not? You're working together, but there is certain areas so, where... So what you're telling me is there are two teams facing each other, but they're one. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's just <laughs> 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 Matt got it. <laughs> but uh, there's certain things where like one could be like a rogue person that like takes out the other team. So like you have one person that will go and shoot the other team... Uh, so that you can get all the containers to get the boss battle and, and beat him. That sounds kind of neat, actually. Yeah, and, and there's other stuff that I haven't like dived into, but like, it's something that I turn on and uh, play. Uh, a lot of games today don't cater to me really well, so like this one's clicking. Um, I started Elden Ring, just messing around in Elden Ring, because uh, I suck at Dark Souls game. But I notice if I'm patient and actually watch what the enemy does. I could actually defeat them. Um, I'm a little biased, but I still say like Dark Souls Remastered. That's a really, really good place to go to. I don't know. I just I, again, that's just because what I, it's what I did. But mm-hmm. and, I uh, mean, if you if you go that route first, Elden Rings will be Elden Ring will be a cakewalk if you do Dark Souls Remastered first because the difficulty oh, really? is it still, easier. Oh yeah, Elden Ring is substantially easier. It's still oh. difficult by standard gaming, but it's in terms of Dark Souls versus there, it's way less punishing than Dark Souls is. Even the remastered version is, is a lot harder. So, um, like, you, you just hit the nail on the head, though. Even with the hardest Dark Souls games, if you're just patient, it's just all about testing your patience and just trying new things and being okay with dying and, and going back and experimenting. So, I mean, if you get that down, you're okay. And then eventually you can just pick some type of degenerate build and then just rush through everything. Look at that hurt it or everything bleeds to death. <laughs> so, you played you played this Destiny stuff because you've got a bunch of friends that play it. You guys got a clan? Got a little, little yeah, we, uh, we. You know, you got a bunch of friends who play some other games too. I know, I can play Forza with you guys. Yes, we have a racing team. Yes, I gotta get into that as Scum. well. Uh, and I've also been playing uh, Blood Bowl. <laughs> you guys ever play Blood Bowl? Blood like, Bowl, yeah. On the Genesis? No, no, no. Uh, there's a uh, there's a website called Fumble, uh, and I don't know how to spell it. It's spelled weird. It's like f u m m b l dot com, uh, and it has like a Java. Uh, like tabletop of you playing Blood Bowl, and me and my friends have been playing Blood Bowl, and I've just been sucking ass. Uh, I've lost all my games, but the <laughs> but the the website bugged out and said I was the winner. So I said, "Ha, I won!" Even though I lost all four of my games, I am the winner. No, I see what he was asking. Are you playing like the old one? Like, is it the old port or old version of one? Or are you playing the more remake? Because they remade the game. Not too long ago, right? Like they made a newer version, like for PS4, a few years back. 
Well, this is something that you would just place, like a a piece. It's I don't know, because I know Blood Bowl. Don't they have like an actual game that you play a football game? Yeah, it's like the weird post-apocalyptic, like football, like pseudo RPG type of game. Yeah, it's it's, it's not Sega yeah. Genesis. It's it's a Java program that opens. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a game that Andy and I are both thinking of because I instantly jumped to something from Sega Genesis too, but maybe it's a different game. No, it's it's the same concept, but it's like Java. It's it's like I'm not taking the controller and like playing it. I'm like just Java. No, no, no not Cup of Joe. <laughs> um, I also finished The Hobbit. Um, oh, there it is. Yeah, I like the book. Really like it. The dwarves kind of disappointed me a little bit because they were assholes throughout the whole fucking book uh and well like the book wouldn't be as interesting if it was like and then they ran into danger and the dwarves are like bilbo you stay here we'll take care of this and then bilbo did yeah but like they put a small man to go fucking get treasure from like small that's what he's there to do he's the burglar to go to a dragon like yes that's That's why they brought him Gandalf was like oh he's a great burglar you're not gonna believe how great this guy burgles he's the best burglar in all of middle earth and, and like master burglar, the best burglar. And Thorin, like, all right, let's go. And Thorin was like a douche too, because like uh, uh, Bilbo goes to the elves and is like, "Hey man, let, let's not do anything. Can we just like?" And he gives him like some item, and like Thorin's like, "You're a backstabber. You fuck. I'm still gonna pay you, but you're an asshole. And I don't want to see your face ever again." And like all the other, he comes around. He comes around, but like all the other doors were just like, "Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that guy." <laughs> But, <laughs> but, well, you said in the thing you didn't like the dwarves. The whole point of the dwarves, the dwarves have a very, very specific characteristics. They are incredibly rash, very stubborn. Um, again, they're not they're not quiet or subtle about anything, which is exactly why they needed a burglar. Mm-hmm. Hobbit, hobbits are pretty subtle. Like that's why they needed. Uh, it, it makes more sense that way. But then, like, if your baseline is Gimli. Which is the greatest dwarf ever? Then he's like, it's really he's hard. He's not like, a typical dwarf. He's like heroic and yeah, proactive. Yeah. He's dwarf Jesus. That's what I mean. Yeah, without like he didn't get crucified, but he's got like, he literally shows all the redeeming qualities, and he's able to overcome his stubbornness and other things, and it's endearing. It's great. I think if I never watched Lord of the Rings or read the books and never knew about Gimli, I think I would probably have a different take about the dwarves. I probably still say they're kind of asshole ish. But I wouldn't have that high standard of being like, oh, man, all dwarves should be like Gimli. Uh, I don't remember him being all that bad. It's making me want to read the book again. Like, I need to do that. I, I really don't think they're that bad. But, again, you're comparing it to Gimli. It'd be like comparing all the humans to Aragorn. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, can't do that either. But overall, I liked it. Uh, I think it had a really, really good ending and stuff. I just it, it just picks up where you start off with the Lord of the Rings. Like, now they're friends. Now I know why, you know, when Gandalf comes, he's like, oh, Bilbo and all that stuff. <laughs> My good friend and all that stuff. Uh, but I had a blast with that. Um, trying to think what else. Oh, I watched Tombstone. Um, Hell yeah. With my dad. No. Fucking love Kurt Russell. God Everyone damn it. Been watching that dang old Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Really good flick. Uh, and then I watched. Andy, didn't you just watch Tombstone? Yeah, like a week or two ago. Yeah, are we going on a rotation? Who's waxed? <laughs> One of you guys got to watch Tombstone now. Twist <laughs> your arm. I know it's not a great movie, but you're going to have to suffer through it. <laughs> All right. 
But other than that, I that's all I've done. Andy, what about you? Uh, I watched a couple movies. Uh, basically, I played a fuck ton of Forza when I had time. I, I'm doing this thing now where I'm completing every challenge in the week, and I'm doing it pretty well. I don't know why. It's just I like it. It's a nice little challenge. I have a bunch of story stuff I can do in the game, but this is what I like. And I have three-starred every single uh, speed zone, speed trap, danger, jump, whatever the fuck they're called, drift zone in both Mexico and the Hot Wheels expansion. I'm working on Trailblazers now. Yeah. But yeah, that, that that's taken some time. That that's been my my pet project though, because if I don't have the right car for it, I go and like tune and horse around and basically just like lose three hours doing almost nothing. <laughs> but I did watch a couple movies, um, a couple of of just kind of weird out of nowhere movies. One of them I just saw mentioned by some some guy who used to be a, a, a used to drive a tank in the army. He was talking about tank movies on YouTube, and he talked about. A movie from 1988, uh, I get, it's mostly just called The Beast, but in some places it's called The Beast of War. It's about a Soviet tank crew who gets lost in Afghanistan in 1982. Like, they're they're with a bunch of other Soviets, and they're doing some, some nasty Soviet shit because they're, you know, shooting up all the Afghanis, and, and, you know, this is the 80s, so the Afghanis are the good guys. They're shooting up a bunch of them, and uh, they get separated from their column and they basically just get trapped in this this huge box canyon and um a bunch of the afghanis are trying to get revenge on them for basically murdering a whole bunch of villagers and the guy who's running the tank is kind of out of his mind like he's, he's being a huge jerk and the people in the crew are not necessarily like evil bad guys they're all like they have personality as well and I, I don't know, it's just a really good movie, and I couldn't believe I'd never heard of it before. I liked it a lot, but I do recommend it if you're interested in, like, the, the Afghani war and stuff. And there's not a whole lot of movies about that kind of thing, so uh, it's pretty good. I think it was free on Amazon, too, so I think it's just called The Beast, which I know, super easy to Google, right? But it's mm. from 1988, and it's about tanks. There's a big tank on the cover, you see it. <laughs> and then I also watched... Um, I honestly have no idea how I found this. I just like fell down a hole of like clicking on similar movies on my fire stick. The great war of Archimedes, which is not what it sounds like, but it is kind of a war movie. It takes place in Japan in 1930 ish. And they're trying to get approval to build uh, the battleship Yamoto, which is like the largest battleship ever made. It's freaking massive. And these guys are like lying about how much it's going to cost. And, uh, their their opponents are like no we should build aircraft carriers aircraft carriers are the future of naval combat and these other guys are like no it should be battleships or whatever and they hire this math genius to figure out how much it's going to cost to build the battleship yamoto and i know that sounds boring as all hell but it's a really interesting movie it's really dramatic it's really well acted i liked it a lot other than that anything else that's pretty much it. A couple weird movies that it's really hard to convince anyone to watch, that's for sure. <laughs> and All right, Chazula, is there any uh, things you've been watching, playing, reviewing, or reading? Yeah, um, so I I finished the, the second season of Umbrella Academy. Still just very weird with their time travel, and it looks like they... they it looked like they maybe unfucked the, the timeline, and then they get there, and there's more questions than answers at the end. But we haven't started season three yet, so it's interesting. But I don't know how I feel about that yet. Again, we talked about this before. My 
my brain just is like, wait a second. And it, it's, there are too many, like too many hurdles for me to jump through mentally before I'm like ready to just take it. I need to be brain dead, I think, to try to watch it and take it where it is. But then maybe I can't follow it. So I don't know. I'm a little torn on That's that. how my dad is. But like, it, even like with the simple like uh, flashbacks, it, like a flashback would happen in a movie or a TV show. Like, oh, goddamn time thing again. I'm like, it's just a flashback. But I understand what oh, they like, yeah. With time yeah, travel. I don't have a flashback too much. It's just like they, they're actively fucking with the timeline, but like there are huge continuity gaps because there's this whole system of people that control the timeline and you die, but you don't actually die, and it's weird. It's it's a weird mess, um, but it's fine. Like the show's been been okay. There's there's this particular character in the show that is just like like hilarious to follow. He's always on drugs and always high. And it's and his his character is great, but. Anyway, he sounds really likable, yeah. He is, yeah. Apparently, drug addicts are very likable. He, he is he is definitely the most likable, or one of the most likable in the, the show. Um, let's see. What else did I watch? Um, I went on a weird run of things, and I kind of ran out of stuff to watch. And I did that weird thing again where it's like, oh, I could start a series or something, but I don't want to commit, so I'm just going to watch a bunch of wasted airtime of things that will just play while I'm doing random stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think I watched, I watched Deadpool 2. Um which I'd only watched one other time. And I mean, outside of just it being a Deadpool movie, there are a lot of good, funny references to stuff. I, I, I forgot that he totally keeps referencing death with, uh, and being dead with, do you want to build a snowman from frozen? Which is really funny. Cause that was like right when the Disney, uh, got the acquisition with, uh, the Fox stuff. So that film, that film was pretty good. Uh, the, Let's see. Before you uh, go to the next thing, the momentum on Deadpool kind of like stopped because of the C virus, right? Yeah, but it is still coming in some form. Like it is announced, it is being worked on, right? Okay. Yeah, my my understanding, it's being worked on. I don't know. There was a report a while back, but I don't remember. I didn't like really drag into any sources about how the next film or next thing he's involved in you know they're not going to look to push and do like a crazy rated r thing but then there was reports that no they're going to they're going to stay true to the character i mean they are actively advertising all the the rated r films that come over so you know both deadpool films logan like they are heavily advertised right at the front page of disney plus like for anybody just to touch so like they're not holding back on that and the very first line in the the film if you've not watched deadpool 2 they do a quick like recap he's like lamenting when uh logan dies because this film happens after logan and it's like this thing where wolverine's dead and he's like crying about it and showing things and the very first line of the movie is fuck you wolverine or fuck wolverine like it's literally the first line of the film it's like oh this is great this is a good family film and mm-hmm. then he actually starts talking about how it's a family movie even though he just like dropped like 10 f-bombs it's 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 pretty funny um if you haven't watched it, it's it's good. I don't know if it's necessarily as good or cohesive as the first film. Mm. Um, it's one of those like, no matter how they would have done it, it's like a, uh, what's the word, um, diminishing returns type of thing. But it's still really funny. Like at face value, it's still a very funny film. There are a lot of like plots in it that are uh, that are hilarious. Uh, like when they get their team for the X Force together, and he just gets that random guy that has no powers. It's like I just saw your ad and thought it'd be fun. And he's hmm. like, I'll protect you at all costs. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, then he, there's time travel in that one too, which is funny too. So I'm like a total hypocrite because the time travel on that's all fucked. But I've given up on Marvel time travel because they've totally screwed that up. But he actually goes back in time, and one of the things he does at the end is he goes back to save him from dying because he's like, "No, I'll save you. Go home, little bear." <laughs> it's, it's really dumb. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's Deadpool. How much should you scrutinize the time travel? For- yeah, exactly. Like, if you're like worried about the kind of stuff, then you're not in the mind- right mindset to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. He's actively like referencing. He goes back and kills Ryan Reynolds when he looks at the the script of uh, uh, Green, Green Lantern, Lantern yeah. which is great because he gets he has it in his hand. He goes, "Ah, we've made the big leagues." <laughs> It's, it's it's like yeah you can't take it because he's taking a shit on himself for the whole thing like that's that's Deadpool's whole shtick so it, it's exactly that uh, so that that's really really funny um, let's see what else did I watch um, uh, I watched the Injustice animated film that was on HBO Max which if you're not familiar with the Injustice comic book series or the uh, the video games effectively it's alternate timeline where Superman goes through some really stuff, really bad stuff. He becomes edgy, and then he goes full police state and splits everyone up. He becomes evil, and crazy stuff happens. It deviates heavily from the comic or the uh, uh, the, the actual video game plot, though. Like, there's still some elements that stick together, but uh, characters that die in the in the show or the movie, which is only like an hour and twenty minutes, um, don't die without like throughout like the three-year arc or whatever it is in the, the comics. Uh, and then characters that do die stay alive or not aren't involved at all. Like, they're there at the, the beginning and then just passively go away. They kind of just threw the whole, like, three-year arc together in the... Or, I think, four-year arc or whatever. And just threw it all together. And it, it, I don't know. It was weird. It's like, it was on. It's kind of okay, but it, I don't know. They, they did their own thing. It's weird. I thought the other thing, too, is they tried to still make... Superman somewhat sympathetic, like he was kind of torn, but then he would just go from zero to ten really quickly, and that's not at all what happens in the in the comic series or the video game. Like once he turns it on, he goes full like dictatorship, and he does not hold back. So I thought that was kind of weird how they played off of that because he just straight up kills a bunch of people. He didn't yeah, shit. he straight up kills fucking Joker. He's like bitch. Yeah, well, I mean, that happens at the start, and that's kind of where it all leads, but, like, yeah. at some point, spoilers for those if you've not read or watched it, but he just straight up murders Shazam, which is a kid, by the way. He just happens to have the powers. But he Fuck just, like, them kids. Laser, he just laserizes right through the brain, just kills him right there. Um, and, and that's pretty early on into the the, uh, the comic. That's year one, I'm pretty sure. Um, but anyway, it, it was fine. I don't know if I'd recommend it. Like, if you're really a big DC fan and you have to watch it, sure. Six out of ten. I'd let it play while I'm doing something else. That's probably my recommendation there. But um, video game wise, um, I, I went. I jumped on the, the free to play bandwagon because because I love me some Smash, and I'm already on the Warner Brothers train, I guess. So I, I downloaded Multiverses, uh, which is the uh, the Warner Brothers equivalent of a Smash Brothers fighting game, but it ties in the entire Warner Bros. universe. So we're talking Looney Tunes, um, all of the uh, Hanna Barber. Uh, cartoons, so, so uh, Scooby Doo, um, Space Jam uh, is in there. Uh, Mortal Kombat, which they haven't included that yet directly, but that's that's teased later that they'll they'll bring that in since they're owned by Warner Brothers. Uh, DC, of course. Um, Get over here, Rick and, yeah, Rick, <laughs> Rick and Morty is like a, there's a stage and there's a lot of like references to Rick and Morty, but there's not a character yet. But I, I have heard someone funny. like data mined it and they did indeed find Rick in there. 
I mean, it makes perfect sense that Rick would be in the game, so mm-hmm. I, I have no doubts it'll be added. But uh, but apparently, like the the base game is out now. It's a, it's technically in open beta because that's what every game does now. But they're going to add a ton of characters, like data mining. There's a there's a ton of extra stuff they're still ready to put in, and they're going to do the the classic thing, like they're going to have the free to play model and microtransactions. But I will say one thing about this game that I thought that was nice is it's very easy to collect and obtain the currencies you need to buy things. So this is not a game where you have to grind for hours and hours just to be able to get stuff. You you can just go ahead and pay like an amount of money and get the stuff to unlock most characters, or you can actually just play for a little bit and unlock them. Um, the, I thought the neat thing that was different, um, they make aerial movement a lot better, which is different than Smash. Like you're somewhat limited what you can do in the air. With this, there's a lot more jumping and dashing that you're freely able to do. Um, the base type of game they recommend is to play 2v2, and they actually have roles for the characters where it's not just as simple as you just pick a fighter, but certain characters are better as tanks or supports, and um, they have an element there. There's perks that you can get that give you different benefits. So it looks like they're, they're trying to make something a little more layered than just simply, oh, I'm going to pick Mario or a guy with a sword. Um the one, yeah, that's right. the one thing I like the Fire Emblem series. The one thing I like about the Smash game, uh, the one that came out for the Switch um, Ultimate, is that mm-hmm. when you play single player, it was unique because you had that you know board looking thing, and you would just go throughout the whole thing. Is there something similar in that in multiverse? No, uh, there's not. There, I mean, there's like a. This is fully set up to play online. Like you can go in and do training, and you can do bots. Um, that's actually one thing I, I want to give give it props for. You can go to what they consider like a practice area to train or do a lab, and you can pick any character. You don't have to have that character unlocked for you to use. Um, like, I think the base game gives you at least one or two characters if you do the tutorial, and then there's also rotating characters each week that'll be free. Or if you unlock them, then you have them forever. But if you go to training, you can literally pick anyone and try them out, which is actually huge because a lot of games will want you to do that. Like, for instance, League of Legends, you know, one of the, the more titular games that would uh, have this type of setup with free-to-play and rotating characters, you couldn't just pick a champion and try them out first. You had, I mean, unless they were free, which usually was weeks after they were released. The whole point is they want you to pay for it. So um, you had to grind to get the money to, to actually pay your Riot points without just buying it. So I that think reminds this, me of Heroes of the Storm. What is it? Say it again? I said that reminds me of Heroes of the Storm, the, the Blizzard MOBA. The yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, it actually is. It's, it's very similar. So I think that's that's a nice benefit to being able to try characters. But yeah, it, this is strictly built to be a thing for them to platform to play against other people. Um, the one thing else is that's beneficial, very big for them um, compared to uh, Smash because it's Switch only because it's a Nintendo product. This game is full crossplay. So no matter what system you have this on, if you, you full crossplay is immediately available. That's the um, feature, and, baby. Yeah, which is great because they just went right from day one, just have that available. I, that's a big deal. Um, and I, again, I, I don't know. Like, I would not say that I've played this game and thought, oh, this is better than Smash. It actually feels a little different. Um, it's but, better than that Sony one, right? <laughs> yeah, or, or the, the Nickelodeon one. Like the Nick All Star yeah. that came out a year ago was supposed to be the one to finally put Smash away. And it turns out. That was only like a good idea, but they were they had a very strict budget and there were a lot of problems with that game. Now I've they, heard they, they fixed found a lot out in patching. They found but, out you need more than just an impressive roster because I think a lot of companies look at Smash Brothers and they say, 
oh, people just want a game with lots of characters in it. No, Smash Brothers has a billion dollars and a billion people working on it, and it's mm-hmm. a well-put-together product, and it plays well, and it's got six, seven different game modes and stories and collectibles, and there's a lot there. And you, oh, can't, yeah. you can't just slap a bunch of unrelated characters together and have success. No, absolutely. I, I think the thing there is there's so much there's so much lore and backstory from just again the entire history of, of Nintendo itself. But if you even look outside of Ultimate, which I'd say probably is the most the most popular at the moment, just in the larger fan base. I mean, the most prior to that, I would say Melee was still the most beloved game yeah. in that series, and that game does not have like the massive roster. It's twenty, I think it's twenty three, twenty four characters depending on if we're counting Sheik as a separate character or something. Mm. Like, that's not huge compared to the 80-some characters on on Ultimate. So, uh, again, it's the fact that there's a foundation of this game has really tight gameplay. And, and again, it's it can be competitive if you want it to be. It's, okay, hot take. It's not an actual fighting game, but that's a whole different thing. It's its own genre. It's, it's a brawler. But um, with that being said, like, you can also just play it for fun in the big parties and stuff. Um that's the one thing this other game is missing. Multiverses, from what I've seen, like there's not this big like you can do free for all with four people, but there's nothing more than that. Like you're not doing eight person crazy nonsense. Like you're you're playing usually it's it's really trying to do more team combat, which I think is kind of neat. Like it's a different thing. So um, I mean, I would recommend people give it a try, especially since it's free. I don't yeah, think I'll, it's gonna I'll, hurt I'll, to try it. I'll give it a try. Um, I just what are you playing it on? I'm playing it on PlayStation, and yeah. if you get on there with me, yeah, I'm I'm gonna throw all the damn projectiles at you because my boy Bugs Bunny is a mage and and he does all the nonsense. I want to main oh. Tom and Jerry. That's 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 in my future. It actually is hilarious. So I've tried to play him because he's one of the more advanced characters. It's, it's complicated because you play both of them, right? And they're like, the so you each other is what causes damage. It's crazy. I, I love it. I love the idea. Yeah, the, the idea is unique. He's you're never. Anything you do is just to an enemy is actually out of circumstance. You're controlling Tom, or rather, uh, yeah, you're controlling Tom. Jerry is there. You still have to use Jerry in a way to get him to move around and stuff. But coincidentally, the entire game is actually you trying to kill Jerry by doing things. But all the interactions and things that you're doing coincidentally hurt everything around you. So actually, defeating your opponent is collateral, which is stupid. Oh, it's so funny. Um, But Bugs is like just every Acme thing you can think of. There's literally his, like, they all have, like, their own passive things that they can do that's unique. But his thing is, like, every, like, 15 seconds or something, you can just reach in an Acme box and just pull a random item out. And uh, literally, it can be anything. Like, you can just pull out the Meeseeks box and just start sending a bunch of Mr. Meeseeks at people yeah. um, for the hell of it. And so far, that's what my favorite character's been. Uh, Taz is also really good. He's actually really strong. Um, um so that's what I've mainly been playing is Taz and Bugs Bunny. Not AEW Taz. Great. That'd be fucking funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, not that Taz. Although, <laughs> although that is, that's also possible because the greater umbrella of things, Warner Brothers is is in that parent company. So, yes, AEW wrestlers could show up. Uh, I don't know how that'll go. Kenny um, Olivier. White Claw Tony just hugging people and, and yelling nine days. Like, nine days! And it's like people fall off the screen. So. <laughs> Other than That's that? my wrestling talk for the night. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think I had any much else. Uh, I went on long for that anyway, so yeah, I don't think I have much else. All right, Zach, Count Zorlock, what have you been watching, playing, or doing? Uh, been watching random YouTube videos. I've been I've been catching up more on Nexpo's archive again. Watched a video about how some guy disappeared from like. <laughs> 
Arlington, Texas, or uh, Amarillo, Texas, excuse me, in 1993. And he ended up like in some place in Washington state. <laughs> he got, he got killed in a hit and run in the middle of the night on the side of the road. <laughs> like, all this happened in like one day. He somehow fucking wound up up there and just died. And it was like weird. It's definitely one of the strangest uh, missing person found cases I've ever came across. <laughs> but um, then there was, uh, what else did I do? Uh, I played Forza. I- I'm trying to get getting all my ducks in a row playing that again. You never mm-hmm. interrupt you. I, f- I totally forgot. The thing I actually spent the most time doing was playing a lot of Forza. Mm-hmm. I- I'll leave it as it is. It's great. You need to join a racing team. <laughs> yeah. Um. Spent uh spent more time reading. I've actually finished my big book, the, the big book I was working on, which was a, a Catwoman by Jim Baylett, Volume One. Uh, and that's like early nineties. It's like uh ninety three to ninety four, uh, a whole year's run. And um, Jim Baylett is a guy who he 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 kind of became a meme later because. As far as I know, early in his career from this book, it seemed like he was like legitimate, like he's a good artist. But later on in his career, he became known as like a huge cheesecake artist. Like he'd draw books. It's like what there's a there's a character Taro or whatever. She's just a, a witch, a witch bitch who has huge tits and she's barely yeah. anything. That that's the gimmick. <laughs> I mean, you were saying it's it's his run. He's just the artist. He didn't write it. No, the writers. I was gonna I was gonna get to that. There's two writers, Joe Duffy, and she wrote like eight books. And Joe Duffy, I think a lot of her career was done in Marvel. Uh, like I think she did the Star Wars books back when they had that license. Uh, Dare. She had a run on Daredevil that was considered to be pretty good. I think it was after um, uh, Frank Miller actually. <laughs> big shoes to fill yeah uh and she did a pretty good job on this too and then uh, chuck dixon came in for like the last four issues and kind of took over which i've said this before chuck dixon's like the guy in the 90s that wrote a lot of the batman characters and a lot of the stuff people know about them now comes from him really uh but Everybody bags on on Jim Baylett for like, oh, he just draws huge titty bits and bitches. They make fun of his run on Catwoman there. That's when she has the purple outfit and stuff. Oh, her boobs are too big. No, they're fine. The art's good. The art's the art's good. Um, it's kind of weird. Like she gets in all kinds of weird scenarios. She goes to like Santa Prisca and finds like El Jefe. He's like some some fucking guy that's supposed to be like Fidel Castro or something. (laughs) She gets wrapped up in that shit. Um, Batman shows back up at the end and he fights fucking the other Batman, Azrael, when, when he's going insane and he's Batman. Oh, so this is like the night post nightfall, yeah. Like, ah, this, like that's cool, while that's going on, like that, that's like when her, uh, this uh runs going. Also, uh, I'm not real sure about this, I have to research this more, but I think this is like when they make the turn for her character to kind of start making her more like an anti hero instead of just like a I guess she was more of a villain in the early days, but slowly over time that changed. I think this is where it really comes in here because she's doing stuff like, oh man, these, uh, these people I used to know, one of them got crippled. I got to steal this device to help him walk again. Like kind of thing. Like when would she ever do that before? Mm -hmm. I think the movie, uh, the movie itself helped a lot with that because of the whole, 
um, in Batman Returns, it looked like they were trying to have some type of redeeming arc for her, and and then you know we we instead of getting that, we got Batman Forever and then Batman and Robin. So I'll leave that as it is. But I wonder if like that's kind of where that trend started to make her into a redeeming character because like you said previously, she was all like classic villain, just like not not even like a like she was a major villain, but in the same way like again in the Adam West world, everyone's really hokey, cartoonish and. Yeah. Yep, silly, yeah. I don't really know how her character was in the seventies or so. I think like the character dropped off for a long time actually. Like she wasn't in any books for a while. Uh after <laughs> Yeah, I liked it though. It was pretty good. I've got volume two. I'm gonna line that up later. I don't like to go one next to the other. I kinda like go all over the place in my reading. Yeah. Uh, then I read Hearts of Darkness, which is a really short little Marvel one shot book. Like like in the early '90s, they did like these little one-shot trades that were like bigger than like a regular issue, but they're like you know 52 pages or something. And it has like Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Punisher, and they fight Blackheart in it. <laughs> it's drawn by like John Romita Jr. <laughs> He's considered to be like a really super good artist, I guess, a legendary artist. But like I honestly find his work kind of hit and miss. Yeah, I always kind of thought that too. I remember, I think I went to a convention somewhere and he was there and they had a bunch of stuff. Oh, you should buy this. So you can take it to him to sign. And I was like, eh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> like I used to make fun of uh fucking, who was it? Um, Todd McFarlane. Uh, when he would, I used to make fun of Todd McFarlane because of how he would draw people sometimes that his people look weird. Yeah, but it's distinct, is what I like about McFarlane's arsenal. Like, if you see something, oh, Todd McFarlane clearly drew this. I like that about it. That's I what I thought he was better. I thought he always was better with like costumes and bodies than he was with specific faces. Yeah. Never seen anybody draw Spider Man better than him. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. anyway, I was actually going to take up for him a little bit there because it's like, yeah, I used to think that. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen more of John Romita Jr.'s work, and it's kind of all over the place. Like I was saying, like sometimes he draws people good or like, uh, characters in costume good and then like there's like a little girl in this story she's maybe like nine or something god damn some people cannot draw children <laughs> it literally looks like a little person with like a deformed head there's just no <laughs> about it. like it just, but like the whole thing is like fucking Mephisto punishes Blackheart and puts him on earth because he pissed him off or something hmm. it's like a, it's like a, the inverted story of Thor that's what I was going to say. It's Hellboy. Black, Blackheart's like, fuck you, dad. I'm going to fucking kill you. So, <laughs> a, like this, there's not a lot of story to this, this book. It's more about the art because there's these huge, sprawling, two-page spreads of like Ghost Rider punching Blackheart in the fucking face after he takes his gloves off. Very cool. <laughs> but, Sounds badass. Yeah, it's actually... fucking, it is really fucking cool. Another thing that's really cool is the cover is like a gatefold thing. It's like four pieces that folds out into this giant spread of like all three of those dudes fighting Blackheart and there's fucking light lightning and demons and shit everywhere. It's cool. If I can remember too, because I mean, Blackheart's not like a character that's like heavily portrayed within Marvel canon. Like again, he's in there, but like if I remember, this is the rendition they used later on in, uh, as far as the illustrations for the, the NBC games. Is that right? Yeah, this is uh, the big towering black mass with the spiny shits coming out of him. That's the only yeah. way I've known him to look. Yeah, that's the only way I've ever seen him. 
Yeah, I, I think for, to be fair, I think for the most part he looks similar, but just in the way he's been drawn in some other depictions, he he just, he's not as like menacing or as towering. Like I always thought that like it was very distinct in MVC two versus like I have to find the other comic that he's in. He he looks slightly different. Um, like it's enough to notice. It's like oh, that's not quite the same. Where this is like that iconic image. Like if you think of the character Blackheart, that's this is the look you think of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, uh, I also noticed Mephisto looked really different in this. You know how Mephisto just looks like a, a the devil? Like, yeah. portrayed by an actor, he looks like the devil, maybe. Yeah. He looks like this giant demon in this. Like, it, he didn't look like Blackheart at all. It wasn't like the palette swap thing they did in NBC. <laughs> oh, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, when, when, you're, when we're done with this episode, can you send me a... Uh the title of that series of a black heart, because I might buy it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you can find it, it's probably going to be really cheap. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, send you a link to that, but uh, cool. it's real light on story though. It's basically just all three of them get sent a letter by black heart because he wants to try to use them to kill Mephisto. Like uh, okay. he's going to trick them and it doesn't work. And they all kick his ass. That's like the story. <laughs> <laughs> I love Very it. 90s. I like that. Yeah. This is sometimes the simplest team-up stories are the best. Mm-hmm. It's great, too. There's not, like, a fuck-ton of dialogue. That's, like, one of the things about modern comics I hate is, like, there's, like, goddamn soliloquies of <laughs> There's just text forever. Uh, comics comics could stand to learn one of my favorite lessons that movies have had to learn over the last century, and that's show, don't tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This this comic's more show than tell. There's, there's a lot more of that. In this. Today's com- um, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but today's comics reminds me of Metal Gear Solid with uh, Raven in a little fucking tank. Remember Metal Gear Awesome? Cryptic metaphor. <laughs> and, like the crow comes out of his fucking head. <laughs> that that's but, uh, all villains today. As, as the Sioux people know, the snakes have no hands with which to scratch their backs. What? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that's that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, that's that's all I did. A lot more reading this time. All right. Well, you're gonna be, you're gonna be taking us away because this is your uh, theme. So come on, Drac boy. Uh, yeah. Quick, uh, quick update. I, I searched something. I don't know, Andy. You tell me if this uh, sounds familiar at all. Earlier, we were talking about that Blood Bowl thing with Sega Genesis, and it ate at me. I couldn't let it go, so I looked it up. And you recall the game Mutant League Football? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that's the the game. If I remember, that's like like. Blood Bowl was kind of like a spiritual successor. Oh, that, I way. can picture the cover in my head mm-hmm. of Blood Bowl. Maybe it was like a 360 era thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah that's what I, it's I later on. Two, I was combining them in my head. Yeah, I know. I do the same thing because I immediately jumped to the Sega thing, and I remember renting that a ton yeah. as a kid from our video store. That was scary. Uh, Don't do that again without warning. Yeah, <laughs> He's turning the lights on and off. <laughs> I got my ass power hard. All right. All right. Um, real quick, before you jump into it, uh, minor, um, uh, just just to get our listeners on the same page and to get us on the same page, there are like fucking six versions of this movie that you can watch. Yeah. Um, so the version that you're seeing on the screen is not the version I watched. Yep. Same oh. here. Okay. What good. Version All right, you good. watched. Um, I watched a version where they had renamed the characters to Jonathan Ooh. Parker, Nina. Uh-huh. Uh, That's what I watched. Yeah. Okay. The Americanized. So yeah. you, you did, did you watch the 100th anniversary version? 
I don't know. Now, I have in the past seen this version. I like that they color the scenes. Uh, this Maybe we should save this for later, but I'm going to go ahead and run through it real quick. In this version, they cleaned it up. They colored the scenes. It looks really cool. I love when it's blue and they're on the ship. God, it's so fucking cool. But the version I watched this time, I kind of like better because it looks like trash. Like, they haven't cleaned it up <laughs> at all. Like, there's so much film grain and like no one has done any work to it, and it looks like they pulled it straight out of an attic in Germany. And I, yeah, there's something about it that like hits different, and I really, really like it. Like there's there's an extended just it's just waves crashing on the beach around the time when uh, Nina slash whatever she's actually called in the original version is like oh Elena Jonathan's gonna come home I can't wait. Um, it it just it looks great because it's full of scratches and like just smudges and it's terrible and there's like the way they would film stuff outside they had to use a shroud so it's like enclosed and i don't know there's something about it that's like poetically beautiful because of how terrible it looks regardless you can't miss you can watch either version there's also famously several different soundtracks for this movie because the original was lost well the score was lost but they still have parts of it whatever sorry zach take it away it's fine so yeah, the whole theme was uh, the cinematic evolution of Dracula. So you got to start with Nosferatu, which is a <clears throat> essentially like a German adaptation of Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. So much so that Bram Stoker's estate got in a tussle with uh, the the film company. Uh, what was it called? Pena? Yeah, uh, Prana Films. Excuse me. And um, they they sued them and it got to a point to where they're like, all right, you have to destroy every copy of this film now, which I thought was pretty fucked up, <laughs> but somehow some survived and we were able to see it. And it's, it has a, uh, its own vaunted reputation in film. Now it's public domain now, right? Pretty mm-hmm. sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of irony to, to that, to that specific <laughs> sequence of events. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Something, something Holocaust, but we'll get to it. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's got the same story beats pretty much as Bram Stoker's Dracula. Hutter, they, they changed the names a little bit. Uh, they kind of like you might argue that they uh, oh, what's the word? Lo- localized it a little bit for for German folks with mm-hmm. some things. Well, it doesn't take place in London. It takes place in in that version. Weimar or something like that. Yeah, it's like yeah, why born? And in the like version that. I watched, it takes place in Bremen. Yeah, Bremen. Yeah, yeah, Bremen's what I had as listed. And then when I looked up Cliff Notes to to add to it, it said Wyburn. But that's the proper version. Like we watched yeah. the improper version because they they like uh, yeah, Dracula- Draculaized everything. <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, I don't remember his name being Harker. What the fuck? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, his name's Orlock. I was like, oh, well, I'm watching this version because I booted up the uh, the 100th anniversary version and I hated the music immediately and I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> like, it, it kind of ruined it for me. Mm-hmm. But, is, that um, the, is that the one that we watched? The one, the, the black and white is the 100th anniversary one then? Or is it no, much cleaner? Because it's that, that version of it is a lot cleaner, it's cleaned up a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I see. I, I watched the really gritty one, and the music in that mm-hmm. was like my saving grace for the film. But we'll we'll get to that more. Yeah, the the music in this is all over the place a little bit, but it's also kind of nerve wracking. 
yeah, no, the music, the other is just great. This whole movie made me fucking anxious the whole fucking time. Uh, yeah, it kind of, it's good at that. Yeah. That's why it's so memorable. Yeah, this movie isn't um, scary. It's spooky, which is kind of a different thing. It's like a mood. It's not, oh, I scared you. I'm a Dracula. It's more like, fuck, that Dracula is going to get those people. Like, you know, worry. <laughs> it's like I called Re- Repo Man is more of a mood than a film. It's yeah. mood <laughs> rather than a film, too, a little bit. Uh, yeah, Thomas Hutter, who's interchangeable with Harker and Ellen Hutter's wife, Nina, same thing. Uh, he's going to the Carpathians to visit Count Orlock Dracula to sell him a, a, a mansion, a house back in Bremen or uh, the other place or London. <laughs> they sell him a house. He sold him a house. Yeah, there's Renfield there. There's Kevin Dunn himself. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kevin Dunn. Damn it. <laughs> oh that's that's great uh he sets, he sets up harker with this job and everything or hutter excuse me and he he's off i like the I, I, it's been like a long time since i've seen this i liked when he just goes back home to to ellen he's like i have to go to the carpathians for like three months i'll see you later and she's like, she's like she, she turns to the camera and just like completely dark broken and depressed this may be maybe because it's like an old movie but like i went deep diving into this i was like why is hutter like excited to go to a town where there's thieves and fucking ghosts because like they just gonna make bank yeah Yeah. also uh renfield told him don't believe that bullshit it's it's bullshit yeah that's true you're gonna go there and make a bunch of money you're gonna make a huge sale man Mm mm-hmm yeah, so like this is gonna be good for him and his 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 budding family, perhaps. Perhaps Kevin Kevin Dunn has other motives. So. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, Kevin Dunn is the video operator for WWE at the moment. So he's the executive producer of mm. WWE television. There you go. Anyway, uh, Hutter travels to the Carpathians and. He has he has a stop on the way and stops at like I, I guess it's an inn or something and he's all like I'm hungry it's like I need to hurry up and eat so I can go visit Count Dracula Orlock and they're everybody like stops what they're doing and they're like what <laughs> and like they try to convince see some the thing about this movie is where it's a silent film they don't have they don't stop the movie a lot either which some silent films are kind of bad for that. It's you know, how, you know what I'm saying where some of them do that thing where they stop the whole movie and they put the text on the screen for you to read it. Mm-hmm. It's like whole, whole characters will have whole conversations back and forth and they do that over and over and over. Uh, this one leaves you more to like kind of read between the lines. It doesn't do it nearly as much as other ones do. Yeah, people people nowadays don't know how to watch movies like that. They don't know how to look at people's faces to understand what's going. Because he's like, oh, I gotta I gotta hurry and go go up to Count Orlock's joint, and they're all like. Like they all get like scared faces. You have to look at that and infer what's going on. You, yeah. they, they don't, they, they, I mean, I don't want to be like, everyone today is stupid. That's not true. I mean, there's still a lot of intelligent movies that come out now, but it's less common because back then this is all they had. People knew to, to look at their face, look at the mood, look at people's body language. But 
if you don't know, if you're not trained to do that, you'll just be like, oh, what's going on? Is he going or not? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm fine with calling people potato brains. That's fine. You got to be able to correctly think. You're literally going in. You have to have the, the skill to infer what's going on, which is, a, again, a fundamental skill for critical thinking. People don't have that just in a general sense. And also, we live in a world where there's like way more like push for instant gratification and and issues with like hyperstimulation. Like this is just very simple. It's there. It's bare bones, and you gotta take it for what it is. And if you miss it, it's there. And I'm saying all this, but I was guilty of some of that. My squirrel brain had a hard time at first following a lot of this. I had to. I was initially just like, oh, I'll watch and I'll do something else while I'm doing it because I do that a lot with other stuff. Could not do that with this film. I had to give it my attention because you miss stuff. Yeah, there's still, there's still a few things like this is a, at least the third time I watched this movie. There's still a few things I didn't pick up on. The scene dubs just buzz past all the animals are running around, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Why are the animals running around? What the hell's going on?" I thought it was just uh like the evil spirits personified by a weird hyena thing scared scared the horses off. But then the narration tells my dumb brain. Oh, uh, animals can often sense evil before man can. And I was like, oh, that's why the animals are freaked out because there's evil about. There's evil spirits. There's a, there's a, there's a Dracula man. Oh, I have to bring this up because I laughed my ass off when they were talking about the werewolf and shit. And then, like, they had this random video of a hyena or a coyote, it looked like. I was like, maybe it was. I thought it was a hyena. I was like, is yeah, that a hyena? It looked like a hyena, yeah. It looked like a hyena to me too. It's like there's a werewolf out there. I'm like, that's not a were that's that's not even a wolf, but okay, but I get I get what they were trying to say. Maybe it was a jackal. Maybe actually jackal jackal would make sense too, and jackal and hyena look somewhat similar. Uh, that's yeah. What, yeah. This this movie's like the equivalent of being put in a sensory deprivation tank though. You have to like <laughs> it's it's quiet, you have to pay attention to everything. Um, well, and I and I'll quote what I said in the chat to you guys earlier. I, what did I say? I I may have to read plot synopsis is what you said. Yeah, yeah. I may have to read plot synopsis. My squirrel brain is being pegged right now. <laughs> like, and that was where I decided. You know what? I have to give my full attention. I I, I attempted, and it was like, okay, no. Well, in the uh, to be fair, the problem is is that um. Again, we talked about this before. I've watched this film, but it's been a long time. But I also am well aware of the plot because I've you know, read the book. I, I've actually, I, when I was in high school, we did the playwright. Like, I am very well versed in, like, what happens in this story. So then I'm thinking, oh, well, I can, I know what's going on. I can do something else because I do that all the time with other stuff. And you can't because, like you said, you have to use your eyes. You have to, like, pay attention and infer what's going on or you miss gaps. Like you're just assuming things that are going in a different direction. There's so. still some stuff missing in your defense. There's a few, from what I understand, there's still footage that was shot that may or may not be lost. They aren't sure. Um, in the shitty version we watched, you can see they've reinserted some footage. The footage mm-hmm. of Count Orlock actually drinking Nina's blood that was cut out of the original release because it was too scary for people. People were too freaked out by that, so they no. had to cut it. And that's why that scene and a few other scenes throughout the movie look a little shittier mm-hmm. because it's from a different cut of the movie that they like, I don't know, found in some attic in, in Bulgaria or something. Like, I don't know. The, I don't know the full story, but it was like some other cut that still had that stuff in it. And they had a better preserved cut, but it was the edited version. And there's stuff from the movie that's missing 
And um, I really wish I had done a little more research for this, but it's inferred that there's still scenes from this movie we don't have. Maybe. Because uh, Renfield, or um, whatever he's called in the actual version. Hutter. Hutter. Is running around. He escapes. He strangles his caretaker, and he gets out and they're chasing him. And then suddenly he's just back in his cell. To, to clarify, that's not Hutter. It's Harding. In, in German, it's Harding. Hutter is a Harker. I, that, that's what gets confusing when they change it. So I just want to clarify for anyone who... Hey, Renfield. The Renfield character. Renfield. The, is loose. And there's the fun part where they're like chasing <laughs> him around. And mm-hmm. then he's just back in his cell for no reason. Actually, the, the Renfield character in the cast listing here is referred to as Knock. Like you're knocking on a door. Right, yeah, knock. That, that, that's it. That's what I was trying to Is say. it knock? Oh, I thought it was at Harding right here. Oh, now I'm looking at the wrong one. Oh, you're right. Yeah, well, this is knock ein Husmucker. Yeah, Harding was the ship captain, I think. The, the guy. Uh, the okay, captain. I'm looking at the right. wrong one. Oh, it, it, it says reader here, not right. right here. I, it's, I apologize. So we're both wrong. But yeah, I just want to make sure Hunter is a different character because she follows different things. But yeah, and it, that is a little weird with the versions. Like, they get so mixed up. Uh, with who they're yeah. trying to portray, but it's it's fine. It's still okay to follow. It annoys follow. me that in the version we watched, they call the professor Van Helsing, which fucking no, wrong. That's Not stupid. even close. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little different. I got a question because Hutter's character um, rode a horse all the way to uh, Count Orlock, um, and then when he leaves uh, Count Orlock because he's like, I like your wife. I'm going to go. I, I want that house now. And he like leaves. She uh, has a lovely throat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they changed it to neck in another version, but throat is way more intimidating. It's like, what did you just fucking say about my fiance, you motherfucker? <laughs> I like her dams. <laughs> but it shows him getting on a, it shows him getting on a ship. And I was it just to show that he wanted to get there quickly, I'm guessing, compared to a horse? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think it's the speed, but also I think it has a lot to do with the travel. And this is something that I, at first I had the call with the film, but then you got to think about, okay, well, look at the time that this was made. You know, you can't portray night very well compared no. to day in certain ways. It makes it difficult. You got to be able to actually show the lighting for things, but think about that logic. He can't travel during the day. He's got to have somewhere safe he can be, otherwise he will die. It's the whole point of the ending, spoilers. But um, And he may not have a place to be able to successfully like keep himself concealed, uh, but on a ship, it's, oh, this ship is already taking coffins. I can just get on, on the boat, and I can just be there unsuspecting. And it'll be a little faster, or around the same time, whichever. So... Um, I guess I'd say whichever it'd be, it would be faster to still travel by by horse, right? Because, um, uh, because Harker or Hutter, whichever, gets back first anyway. That's a whole different thing. But um, but after being laid up because he's sick first, right? Because he he caught the, the illness. It's still a long <laughs> way. It's still. I mean, mm-hmm. take take a look at a map of Europe. Just. I mean, Transylvania is roughly in the region of modern Romania. I, I you could be more specific about it, but I can't remember where it is. So Romania to to northern Germany. It's a that's a long haul by horse. Yeah, and then of course the ship has to go from the Black Sea all the way up and around. They say it goes to the Baltic Sea, so that means they're going to eastern Germany, not western Germany. It's a little longer because you got to go around Denmark. 
Mm-hmm. I like the horses here. And the little, <laughs> they have their own little cloaks and shit. <laughs> they're evil. Yeah. Those are spirit horses. Yeah, they're uh, what we refer to as nightmares. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, there, there's a scene when you were bringing up about the whole can't shoot in a night kind of thing. There's a scene where, um, this right here. I love that shit. The negative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was fucking like spooky as fuck. And I loved it. Um, and it's just so eerie seeing this fucking dude in the negative and all that stuff. So I don't think I've ever watched this version of it. So this like looks like I can see that contrast. That was one of the qualms I have with watching it. But again, you got to get past that because you got to realize the limitations of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, like the boat scene, for instance, it's like that, but that looks really cool and blue and different stuff. But like in the other, it's like, well, it's clearly bright. Like it's, it's like for the plot, it's dark, but like you have to have it like the setting so that you can see it. So I think seeing this color, colorized tone version is would probably help with that more. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also that really gritty, like low budget, like student college film quality. Is just like that's not like taking a, a shit on it or anything. Goodness, this film has done so much to to be like it, you know innovation for other films that we have now. So there's nothing to take from it in that regard. But um, again, the, even then, like the budget for that film was, was not very high in comparison to other films being made, or the wow. talkies, so to speak. Like there's. Yeah, there's a there's a lot there. So yeah, Hutter uh, cuts bread like a retard, um, and hits <laughs> and hits his uh, thumb. Cut I'm... towards you, cut away. Everybody knows that, but he's a white collar dude. He wouldn't. He would never understand that. But he had he a plate in front of him. <laughs> I know that, but dumb white collar workers don't understand how knives work because they don't. They, they don't use them. Didn't he get distracted too? I thought. Yeah, I think he saw something weird. He's looking at Orlock because he looks weird. Yeah, he's like, man, this guy looks fucking weird. Um, what else we can uh, we say about this? Trying to think. Nothing. 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 Everything's trash. No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This part, man, when he fucking looks at it, he finds his coffin down in the. Whatever that is, like he goes into the basement of the castle or some shit. Yeah, and sleeps with his eyes open. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> like a, there's like a little hole in his his coffin cover. It's like a window, a, yeah, a little, little coffin hidey hole. A yeah. day <laughs> with those two teeth right there. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you before they establish where the fangs are. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of this like. I was watching this with my girlfriend, and she's like, how do they not know that he's a vampire? It's so clear. I was like, these people don't know what that is. Like, this is before all the cliches of Dracula. This this is, I, I don't, it's so hard to explain, but, like, this is just before everything. Like, the, the book existed, obviously, but that's kind of it. Yeah. And, of course, the people in the story have no fucking clue what a vampire is. And except for that book, he steals from the end for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people put Bibles in their uh, hotels and bed and breakfast. People put that creepy fucking vampire book in there. That's their Bible. They live in fucking Spooktown, man. Yeah. <laughs> so the the rats were like uh, like imagery of the plague, right? Pretty much like rats. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Well, again, it's kind of like that's that's the reason that the physicians in the in the area. 
blaming the We don't know what plague it is, but it must be the rats, and this is it. But it's actually Dracula. Yeah. The, and like you said, Andy, before with the whole missing scenes, like when it got to this, I was like, why did they lock him up? <laughs> like, what's going on here? He just went crazy. Like, yeah. it, one of the cards is like, uh, Renfield was under Dracula's control and he's just in an asylum. It's like, uh, uh, what? Okay. <laughs> Everyone figured it out. Yeah, they, they do a little bit of that throughout this. Like you said, it makes a lot of sense that stuff is cut because. A lot of convenient, like, all right, well, if you read this, it's like suddenly we made a big jump to one thing to the other. That's is what it is. And what was this thing? Like, was bacteria? Like, it got it's just supposed to be, it's just supposed to set the mood. It's supposed to be really weird. Like, we all grew up, I mean, when we were in sixth grade, we were reading issues of zoo books and learning about all the weird creatures of the, of the world. But I guess to movie going German audiences in the early 1920s, um a plant that eats flies is strange uh, this weird this weird creature that latches it's all supposed to just be weird and, and spooky a bit well, it's all imagery it's... to the fact that vampirism exists in other forms in nature yeah right that's the other thing too but like you'd say like it wouldn't fly right now because well i have a phone that's also a supercomputer that can tell me basically the knowledge of everything in the world right in the palm of my hand so like, if you try to show this to a kid today, he, he pulled up his phone like, yeah, fake news. I got Twitter. Says, What's with this Twitter. beach? Why why is there like crucifixes and shit shoved onto this beach? I, don't, I think it has something to do with sailors lost at sea, but I wouldn't swear to it. Yeah, maybe. It's like when you see those on the side of the road. You know, somebody's mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the same principle. It's like, oh, my my husband never came back. This is, <laughs> that, this is that's, that's how I can... I, I took it. Because the whole context within the story here, too, is that she's always waiting for him to return. Right? It's so just, like that, that makes sense. It was just really striking imagery. You see her sitting on a bench and at the beach. There's, like, crucifixes shoved in the sand everywhere. It's like, what is that? Holy hell. You brought up the memorial, and the first thing that came to my mind is, like, a fucking ship just ran over a child. <laughs> They're just having a memorial on <laughs> the beach. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I, again, I... Accident. I think it's the creep factor too, like spooky, like oh look at this eerie beach she's sitting on with two uh, crosses and stuff. Like that, this one in in the back over here is more creepier than this. Like you'd be like, all right, maybe someone made this, but this one is like fucking. That was more ominous. Yeah, it's, it's more gothic and o- ominous in nature. Like maybe Van Helsing was here because look, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not a crucifix. That's a sword. <laughs> Arthur. Um <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> yeah. Uh then you have I was this like her sister? Like these two random people were playing uh Well they were friends of theirs. Oh uh, yeah. And he, he uh you know when you go on a business trip you leave your wife with your friends. You know <laughs> Cuz otherwise she'll get lonely, I guess. I guess. Yeah, you gotta keep you gotta keep her busy. It's like well, it's a good thing she almost like sleepwalks off a balcony, so it's a good thing she was there. Oh, yeah. Let's get into that. Is, does she have psychic powers? Like, is is there some type of paranormal thing with yeah, her? There's some spooky paranormal nonsense going on. Like, her her fiance is in mortal peril, and and uh, uh, Count Orlock is projecting his his. Evil Ow. over the city, yeah, all, all, all kinds of stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, the, to be fair, he's already projecting himself anyway because of Renfield. So, 
Like it's not it's not a big stretch to think that he's already projected because he wants to get to her. It's a whole point within Bram Stoker's Dracula too. That's his downfall is the, the beautiful woman. Right. And then he kills everyone on the ship. I thought that, that was that shot a... right there. That's one of my favorite shots in the whole damn movie. Oh, that looks so cool. That looks so much cooler than in the black and white. <laughs> I like how he moves too. By the way, it's like kind of yeah, he moves like slowly from left to right. I love it. Which later on that comes into play again in another movie we're going to see. Yeah, this is the Offer part. Shadows, spooky shadow play is another one. I love the sets, like the the landscapes and shit, like all the shots that we've been going through. Most of this movie is shot on locations too. They actually like went and shot in the Carpathians and stuff. That's really cool. Yeah, they got like the ship coming in and everything. I like when the sh- the ship pulls up. Like you see, like the dead uh, sailor by the wheel, uh, and then all the rats and stuff. That was pretty cool. Yeah, basically, Orlock completes his journey, and the part where he's like carrying his coffin to his fucking house is kind of funny, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a little silly. <laughs> Well, I, I get a I get a little bit of a giggle out of that, but I actually laugh out loud. Um, he's like looking across the street through the window, and I think she's throwing the window open to be like, you know, I'm a beautiful woman, come get me. And like the camera goes to him, and there's like a timpani hit right as it goes to him. I, I laugh every time because he's just like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> face. He's like, I, just, oh. I, I know it's supposed to be spooky, but just in that one second, it's hilarious. He just—he has the perfect face of I'm horny and stupid. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, it's yeah. kind of just like, oh man, there's a there's a beautiful white woman over there. Voter alert! <laughs> like Sean Ross Sapp talking about Cat Dennings. Oh, oh shit! Save her for Thursday. <laughs> uh, Get some colors. You gotta check that out if you haven't seen it. Every Thursday. Yes. Every Thursday. Something like that. Thursdays. We're there. Check it out. Uh, the part. Even with uh, Orlock, when like he moves from his place, he like he sets up all the coffins and like he lays in the coffin and then fucking horse just rides away. It's like I want that to happen to me one day. Well, you need you need Dracula magic, <laughs> or you can just die, I guess, and and request that. To yeah, nobody's gonna do it. You gotta you gotta be a Dracula. You either ride that or you will. Or do like yeah. a Viking like uh, funeral, but instead of the water. Like, I go on a horse and shoot an arrow with the put me on fire. Yeah, 100% chance that's not happening because Peter will be outraged whenever someone shoots the horse with a flaming arrow. And then... No, they, if they have horse armor, it'll be okay. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. Um, I like how certain parts of this movie had, like, crude stop motion to it. It's mm-hmm. like... That's his magic, I guess. Yeah, because every time Orlock does something... It's like he force pushes the door open on the ship and the cover kind of stops, stops, stop, stop, comes up and yeah. I like when uh, Jonathan's in his quarters and he's like, oh fuck, that vampire's going to come get me. And then the door is just like opens by itself and, and Carol Warlock is just standing there. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, also at the end here when he's, he's coming, this is like where you get the famous see to him walking up the stairs but it's his shadow, the shadow on the wall uh, that's also yeah. a super famous shot it's used to yeah I- iconic also those guys are chasing renfield through the town because he escaped i guess or knock renfield knock yeah um, 
That they think he's a scarecrow. scarecrow. Yeah. The one guy's like, I got him! (laughs) They beat the shit out of that scarecrow. At first I was like, Jesus Christ, they ripped him apart. Fucking animals. Well, they don't have they don't have like Halo to get their their stress out on. That's all they got. (laughs) Chasing crazy people around the countryside. They grabbed his ass and said, No fucking respawns. That's how that's how German people used to have to like vent. They they used to have to get in angry mobs and like chase monsters or something. Yeah, that why, is why not, world wars. Yeah, yeah. why don't we just not talk about how Germans get their their frustrations out in the 1920s and 30s? Because that that's gonna get dicey. Well, you know, some things happen. I, I heard... actually, it's a good segue. Actually, I so I was trying to read some history on some of this, and but I found apparently one of the things about this film that left the mark is very divisive at the time uh, in certain groups is because they used a ton of stereotypical features and characteristics, like more like the cartoonish characteristics that were used at the time um, for Jewish people. To oh, you're going to talk about it. Was no, slow down a little bit because a lot of people try to be like, oh, this movie was uh, anti-Semitic. Right, right. Yeah. There was, yeah. A lot, there was a lot of that going on in Europe at the time and stuff was starting to ramp up. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I've heard that a lot, but I've also heard it debunked kind of a lot because uh, what's the director's name, mm-hmm. Munau or something like that? Mm-hmm. He did not hate Jews. In fact, one of the actors, and I think the the guy who plays Knock slash Renfield is Jewish. That actor's Jewish. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. there's like a lot of people. Are like, oh, he's got a big nose, and they're trying to make him look like a cartoony Jewish stereotype. I, I think some of that is people mm-hmm. just like projecting because they're like, oh, it's the 20s. Everyone in Germany must have hated mm-hmm. Jewish people. Oh, they put the, the guy with the big nose and the buck teeth in the, the box with a bunch of rats. Rats are a Jewish Rats thing. are another, yeah. It's, I, I think people have overplayed that over the years. Now, I don't, oh. I'm no film historian, but I've, I, I've seen both sides of that argument, and I, mm-hmm. I ascribe to the side that it's kind of coincidental a little bit. Oh, sure. Well, and that's why I said divisive, because, again, this film is literally 100 years old, right? Which is kind of cool. It's like seeing a film that's 100 years old. It's, that's right. Kind of crazy, right? But, uh, but like, nevertheless, like, it's, I think it's really spot on with what you said. Like, it's really, hindsight's very 2020 here. It's very easy to look back even 30 years after this film was made and said, oh, those Germans, they clearly didn't like the Jewish people when they made this. Oh, well, that's not good. Like he's bald and he's got these really long, weird, gangly fingers, and like just weird stuff. It's like, are those really things? And then if you keep making those into stereotypes, well, every time you see something like that, you're going to assume that. That just makes you racist, right? Like that's that's how a stereotype works. So uh, I agree. I don't. This I think they were trying to make him look otherworldly. You know, again, they're trying to make him look kind of spooky and different, and that is what it is. But. Um, but yeah, I think that was a lot of discussion and a lot of debate there for a long time about whether or not this actually had some anti-Semitic quality. Yeah, um, I mean, if you want an anti-Semitic filmmaker in Weimar Germany, you don't have to look far. There were several. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Munau or whatever his name is, he's not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the end here. Uh, I, I want to give a quick shout out to the, this brief little part I forgot about, which is like when he finally gets into the room with her and she's like, oh, Oh no! And she's like stumbling back, and she's scared, and she's flopping onto the bed. It, it, it shows that shadow shot where he like reaches his hand up over her chest and closes his fist, and she's like loses consciousness. Like, oh shit, that was cool. That's cool. Yeah, shit. I love that. It is really cool. It's a long taper fingers. So. Fake vampire though. <laughs> well, 
hey, this is the, you know, we're trying to establish the well, trope. This yeah. is the first time you see a vampire get killed by the sun. That is true, yeah. I don't think that was actually something in the book, right? I don't believe so. No, in the book, yeah. they kill him, they stake him. That's yeah, right, that's right. Yeah. Have nothing to do with it. It's way different. Like, it's aggressive. They go after his ass. That's a whole different thing, yeah. Well, here she sacrifices herself so that he'll die when the cock crows, I guess. Yeah, and when he dies, well, it's like that whole, the book of the vampire says the only way for him to die is distraction from a beautiful woman without much else to explain it. And then Sun gets him, she dies, but everyone else that's been bitten is allegedly healed. Like, no one else dies from plague. No one else gets sick, yeah. Yeah, it's, which again, it's the whole thing. No one ever did get sick. It was just him, but. And thank God, uh, thank God, these cardboard homes didn't go on fire. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, at least he didn't. He wasn't one of those sparkly vampires. I knew he was a Nazi. Um. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you holding on to that? He, he reached out and said, "Fear." Why? I, I had like three fucking like Nazi jokes that like I could have went with. Um, so I had to do this. There we go. There. Oh my goodness. The... He was actually a time traveling Nazi. I did not see that coming. This <laughs> uh, <laughs> is a bad joke. I like the cliche of falling in the arms, dying. Uh, like she literally waited until like he came through the door and like planned it. That you know, going backwards, and even even that looked a little stuttery. Uh, yeah, I mean it's all ham fisted, but again, it's that inference thing. It's like timing wise. You have to, like, what? it's what, why it's the way it is. That's eh, fine. Why did she die? Uh, uh Dude, it's tragedy. Because this guy said know? so. Because he, you know, he, he drank all our on, blood. He fed on Hutter until, like, he fucking just passed out, woke up, and was like, what the f- shit? I think that, <laughs> I think this is one of those things with the whole cutscene thing. That's what you were saying before, Andy, right? Like, there's probably more missing or something added to this or something, because no, he doesn't I, really give detail on how much he fed. Oh, points, he's distracted. Well, yeah, that's, that's the point. Like, whenever he feeds on Jonathan or the townspeople or the people on the ship, it's just for a little bit. He just gets a little, little snack, and then he, he goes back to bed. But she's so beautiful and so distracting that he just sucks her blood all night. So he's he basically just kills her. It's like... Cause he can't help himself. So top shelf shit there. Let, yeah, let's, exactly. let's put it this way. Uh, so the other people, he just took sips of Gatorades, but with her, she, it's like a Capri Sun, fucking dry until it's really thin. It was that cucumber. I, I mean, I don't know if I'd fully say it was that. I mean, like to be fair, a bunch of other people died too, but that's that's never neither here nor there. It's just that she was the ultimate Capri Sun. Like she's one of those like what like the super coolers that are like rare, super like, berry, weird mystery. Yes, he he just couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh shit, a six pack! We're drinking all these motherfuckers." He drank them all, one straw. Sometimes with the lunchables. Anyway, um... <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> but final words on this movie because I think we uh, hit all the beats. Um, I I enjoyed it. Um, I liked some of the shots uh i really like in my versions the cards like they actually ha- give time for you to read it like today's films they like put like a whole fucking paragraph and you only have like five seconds to read this at least with this one i had like maybe 10 seconds 
I thought some of them took too long. I was like, all right, I get it. All right, I've read it three times. All right, come on. Uh, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why is this shaking? There's so much shaking. I was like, who the fuck's holding this with Parkinson's? Uh, Shit, well, in the, in, the, in the refined version, they do not shake. Maybe it was just shaking for you. It didn't shake for me. Are you okay? Yeah. Maybe <laughs> you were I'm shaking. Good. I smell burnt toast. I'm shaking right now. <laughs> Literally shaking. Uh, i liked it as well this is the third time i've seen this movie it's spooky each time i'm actually glad that i watched the shitty version and uh if if someone was like oh i'm gonna watch that movie watch watch the the modernized version that's my recommendation don't don't watch the the cruddy version watch the one you'll know you're watching the right version because they've um tinted the scenes and uh it doesn't look like the trash that someone pulled off a concrete floor and put into a film projector. So, uh, but real quick, um, dubs, this is the second German expressionalist twenties film we've watched way back on episode 12 of big trouble, little podcast. Go listen to that. If you're into this kind of jazz, we watched the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which, which one do you like better? That Caligari one. Or Caligari. Like Caligari. I, I, me too. I like Caligari. If I, well. this is going to sound a little silly, but those sets kind of felt like a Tim Burton type of feel art compared. Yeah, it it went harder in the red with like the expressionalism and like the the. I mean, as long as I'm watching a black and white movie, like use the black and the white. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This movie does, and this movie's still a classic. This movie's still great, but I uh, Caligari just I don't know something about it punched a little harder as far as crazy scenes and crazy stuff going on and. I don't know, but this one's good too. I like it as well. Uh, it's classic. It's short. Uh, if you've never seen it, watch it in October. That's the best time to do it. And uh, go watch our old episode when it was just me and Andy. Yeah, um, episode twelve, Cabinet of Doctor Caligari. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chaz, final words and recommend or not recommend? I, you know what, I'm gonna pull a weird one here. I, I'm still on the fence on whether I, I would recommend it or not. I think. It feels like a thing that you feel like you have to almost say it. you recommend it just because of the history behind it. But I think it's because I watched the shitty version of it. And I've not watched the version that's colorized and, have, and like a little smoother. I almost wonder if I should watch that again to see if I take the scenes in a little differently. But I think for me in general, my squirrel brain, it was a little harder to follow. Um, and, it, and it made it kind of difficult to take the movie for what it was. So I, I'm going to... I'm going to just give like a solid, like I'm there and I might have an updated, updated answer on that. Cause I, I think I am going to go back and watch the, the colorized version. All right. What was your hot take? Well, again, not well, coming into it and not even the, when he mentioned the versions, I, kind of, I was like, I'm today years old when I knew there were like several other versions of it. Kind of assuming that, but like a colorized version just makes sense. I just haven't like, you know, looked a lot into that, but, um, my hot take again was like this film did not age well, all these other things. But again, it's just because I think you can take it more for what it is because, again, it is an older film. I mean, goodness, like I said before, it's 100 years old. So I, I don't mind that necessarily. But I think for me, it's just, it was just hard to follow. But that, there are a lot of circumstances as to why I took it that way um, related to like I'd probably do the, the film or do myself more service if I were to like have a good night's rest and and have an appropriate amount of caffeine, and I'm actually paying attention to the film and, and different things. Uh, so probably has more to say about what type of media and entertainment I, I intake 
on a regular basis now, but uh, but nevertheless, I, I I think that if I went strictly based on that, my initial gut was like, well, I wouldn't recommend this to anyone. This is a waste of time. Just know that <laughs> it's a good thing as a history lesson, but this was hard to watch. Uh, but I, I'm willing to try to give that a second chance. So I'm I'm undecided. Okay, Zach, what value? Last word or recommend or not recommend? Uh, I recommend everybody should probably see this movie at some point. Uh, it's a classic. I mean, it's a, the classic horror movie, I guess. Uh, and it is the night of the living dead of, of vampire movies, I guess. That too. You can say that. Put that on the back of the box. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> or would you say the night of the living dead is the Nosferatu of zombie movies? The, the night of the living dead is the Nosferatu of zombie movies. See, you can put yeah. that on the back of its box. <laughs> Conversely. But... <laughs> Yeah, good movie. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to try to watch the tinted version again too. Uh, it's been it's been I think that's the first one. I it's either that or I saw one of the ones that was just straight sepia tone the whole time. Mm. Uh, I, th- I think that's the one I watched before. Yeah, Dubs, if you have me asking the version that you pulled up to like do the snippets, where did you like? Where's that version of the film? Across the seas, my brother. Across the seas. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's um. Judging from the the title cards Piracy. that we saw on it, I'm pr- uh, judging from the title cards, I'm pretty sure he had the uh, Kino version. That's the um, Americanized domestic release. Kino Lorber put it out in like 2015 ish or something. the The film is 100 percent public domain as of like 2019, but really everyone was treating it as public domain anyway because the company that made it went defunct in like the mid 1920s there was no one to stop anyone from releasing anything um but there's there's versions that have been released in the united states and in europe and then like russia and a bunch of other places so they all kind of have their own cleaned up versions but i i think most people tend to agree the kino version is the way to go i i want to i i have to say this out loud because everybody knows i pirate shit uh so i tried to send you the link uh chaz in our facebook chat it says couldn't send it. And I tried it again. Didn't go through. So they, they block uh my piracy site. <laughs> it's 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 fmovies dot two to. Yeah. Um, this 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 film is in the public domain. There's you're not pirating anything, you're streaming it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Take that. So Zach, what's in the next uh Dracula evolution? What's the next Drac? The next Drac is the uh uh uh, uh... 1931? Is it 1931? 31, I think. Dracula. 31. Dracula. Universal Studios Dracula with Bella Lugosi. The, probably the iconic Dracula. This is where all the cliches really start taking off. <laughs> to this day, people still do the, I want to fuck your blood. Ah, ah, ah. Like, it lives to this day. So that has to count for something. Uh, I mean, this is the boom of all the other like classic, like universal horror genre films, right? Mummy and Frankenstein. And this was like that, right? yeah, this was the this one. Is, that that off. Yeah, yeah, this is that boom. Or no, it was Frankenstein. Frankenstein actually came first. My bad. Correct. But those two in conjunction did it really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I think Dracula was the bigger hit. But uh, yeah, Frankenstein came out and like scarred a bunch of people emotionally, and the Dracula <laughs> came out and it was like popular. 
Yeah, like, we're okay now. <laughs> when Frankenstein came out, it like freaked people out. There's a really interesting, I think it's a Spanish movie called uh, Spirit of the Beehive. Uh, it's hard to describe, but if you're into this kind of stuff, I do recommend it because it's kind of about the film is touring and they're in Spain and people go see it. And there's like the scene, I don't want to ruin Frankenstein for people, but there's a scene where there's a, we talked about it when we reviewed Monster Squad, actually. There's a scene where there's a girl sitting next to a pond and Frankenstein interacts with her and something traumatic happens and people just, oh, oh, my, my brain can't even comprehend this. It's so evil. This film is evil. <laughs> uh, some people claim the Spanish Dracula version of this is better. I didn't include it. There's, there, I had, I picked the ones that I picked for specific reasons. It's also like there's a Werner Herzog version of Nosferatu that came out in the seventies. I skipped over that. Mm-hmm. But you saw that on there. It's like it's it's called Vampire, I think, or something like that. It's like this, the title is a little different. It's like no. It's no also on Tubi. Yeah. Uh, it's. I've never finished it, but I've started it. Honestly, I'd rather just watch Nosferatu. Damn, I was gonna I was gonna try to watch it at some point. <laughs> it's okay. Honestly, it's, it's, it's pretty it. good, but I, I don't know. There's something about it. It's kind of like too. I don't know. I haven't watched it since college, though, so maybe I'd like it now. I don't know. We'll save it for uh, October, I think. But, That's fair. Yeah. Right. Eighteen thirty-one. All right. Well, we're going to get into some news because I know we have some news to talk about. I know, Zach, you had you wanted to bring up Raw really quickly because the H, Triple H, is now the creative guy. Mm-hmm. Trips. So most people pretty much, I guess some of his effect on creative started happening in SmackDown before SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it, but I just I've seen little news reports come out talking about things like, oh, they're they're letting the guys call more of the action in the ring now. I'm like, oh, you mean like how wrestling used to be? Okay. <laughs> um uh and sure, some he probably had some effect on SummerSlam as well, I guess. I didn't expect Brock to drive a goddamn tractor and wreck the ring or anything. That was that felt like something that would have happened twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. uh but i was like you know what like some news reports were coming in monday afternoon it's like this this raw is going to be a statement show and i'm like okay we'll see i'll go ahead and watch raw i haven't watched raw in like two three fucking years (laughs) (laughs) so i was like well we'll see what they do and yeah i tuned in and uh yeah oh some things were different some of it was small some of it was bigger Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can tell they're they're kind of reining in more of that scripted promo shit because I, I feel like it, Edge did a promo of him coming back and explaining what the hell he was going to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like before that would have been like a 10-15 minute promo. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, he came out and said his shit in two minutes and left. And I was like, that is all? <laughs> like, cool. He's, he basically is like, ah. Uh, I made the judgment day because I was going to try to help some guys. And they, they turned on me because they thought they didn't have to learn anything from me because I'm a boomer. Well, I'm going to drop the boom on them. And then he left. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was more th- small things that add up that are subliminal. Like uh, 
people running in and their music playing you know it's like oh well their music's got to play how'd the fucking guy in the soundboard know did they tell him hey i'm gonna go right out there turn my music on i'm gonna save this guy that's what i always assumed <laughs> well this time people just run out like they, and it looks like they're in a panic like Let's just get i gotta get there and help them hmm. <laughs> you know there's more urgency it's like subtle things like that that create more of a sense of urgency that you might not have noticed but your brain did kind of thing Com- commentary sounds a little bit better. Uh, they still have their yeah. scripted moments that you're like, all right, guy. Okay, Corey Graves, shut up. Um, but there are times where it like actually feels like a conversation and not like Vince be like, hey, pal, you better say this line. Say it now. Say it like this, damn it. That's yeah. what I want. Egg. Egg. <laughs> <laughs> hey. What were you going to say? I said, I just said, hey, that's, that's, that's yeah. egg was said. Yeah, hey, I actually, I was reading a lot about Michael Cole being like, like this is like his time to like shine. He finally doesn't have that voice in in his ear, like Some yelling people, at him to say stuff. Uh, a lot of people were saying apparently, like the job he did at SummerSlam was like the best that he sounded in like a long time. But I didn't watch SummerSlam, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, to be fair, I didn't either. But yeah, I've heard similar reports. A lot of praise for him since he's been able to, to use his own words and you know say things like fans what instead of fans. Words, but <laughs> I, I don't know that i want to keep going too deep into this I, we're going to talk a ton about this on thursday but uh but yeah it looks like good things are coming and that show did actually pretty well in terms of demographics and, and yeah and stuff so it pulled a 2.2 million rate rating and that's the highest it's been since march of 2020 when they did their fo- the first covid mausoleum show in front of no people yeah they're, i think they're, they're, I think they're tuned into that because like there's gonna be no crowd what's that gonna be like you know it was like the freak show thing yeah i think they're the demo the you know the big demo they use for everything was a 0.61 and it's like that was like a 50 percent jump or something like on average raw has been anywhere from like 0.2 to 0.3 like the highest one they've had all year was like 0.44 or something and that's when like vince brought everybody back to try to like get drum up something before summer or before WrestleMania or something. And this was a 0.61. It's like dramatically higher. So that's not only that people are watching, but like people that are younger are watching. Like it's the target demo. So that's interesting. But uh, yeah, we'll touch a little bit more on that uh, Thursday, but I want to just get a little, try to shave down some news time for Thursday, bringing that up. Yeah. Oh, no, we're going to talk at 3am on news on that shit. It's going to be fun. No, we're not. <laughs> and, anything else, Zach? News wise, um, the uh, yeah, I want to talk about the the Batgirl movie getting shelved. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> right, here we go. Get ready, guys. There are clouds, and we're going to yell at them. Not really, not not really from my perspective. Yeah, I'm going to yell at clouds. I'll yell. I'll be I'll be the angry wolf guy this this week. I'll yell a little bit at the clouds, uh, but like, <laughs> yeah, it just it came out today that uh, Warner Brothers was like, yeah, we're not releasing this movie. It's not coming out in theaters. It's not coming out in streaming. We're never releasing it. Now, that doesn't mean it'll never see a light of day because that's happened to other movies like uh, Fantastic Four from the 90s. <laughs> Captain America, well, Red Brown. There's a reason for that. Yeah, there is, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, no, never say never. It'll come out probably at some point. They'll, they'll put it on a streaming service and everyone will be like, oh, it's the forgotten movie. Oh, my gosh. But they'll wait a decade or something. Yeah, it'll probably be something like that. Uh but the whole reasoning behind this apparently was uh, the the CEO dude or whatever pretty much made the call like no we're not putting this out 
because he thought it would hurt the brand more than anything. Mm-hmm. And he's probably right because apparently at test screenings, people fucking hated it. <laughs> yeah, like bad. Like bad enough that they're like, oh shit, maybe we shouldn't put this out. <laughs> that makes me want to see it even more. It kind of does too, a little bit, because I'm like, is it really that bad? Like, I mean, mean, if it's bad enough, it'll turn into a meme like Morbius did. Right? It could. Sex, 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 sex. (laughs) (laughs) What gets me is like in that movie, like aside from some of the really dumbass like casting and uh, like plot decisions they made. There's like big names in that movie. Like Brendan Fraser's kind of making a comeback now. He's finally able to crawl out of his hole, and he's he's getting work again. He he's supposed to be Firefly in that movie, uh, and J.K. Simmons is is Gordon. Oh, he's, that's new. That's great. That's great yeah. casting. <laughs> shows up as Batman in it. So like, there's like big names in that movie. <laughs> I but. I, I don't know what it is. Like, DC's, like, been quiet about everything lately because of, like, the Ezra Miller, obviously, <laughs> with all that shit going on. Her, like, disgracing herself, yeah. all kinds of shit. Yeah. Like, you think, he, like, Ezra Miller like, actually got a hold of the Speed Force and went back and fucked with Timeline? And, like, that movie actually came out, and he went back and screwed things up, and now it doesn't come out? Mm-hmm. If you're calling the Speed Force, if if you're calling Speed the Speed Force, yes. that's that, That's what he did. <laughs> yeah, Speed Force is just like caffeine and a shitload of quaaludes shoved into a coconut. Yeah, that's that's. that's um, I I remember hearing some plot details leaking about this movie though that I was like I don't know about this after I heard that kind of shit. I some people like to you know go on about well they they they, they race swap cast somebody and it's like eh you know mm-hmm. you can beat that drum so I'm I'm kind of sick of hearing that drum getting beaten too. It's, you know, whatever. But more, it had more stuff to do with, like, because of that and because of some other things going on right now, uh, there was going to be elements of the plot where she's, like, fucking hates cops. Her dad's an old white cop and all this shit. And it's like, <laughs> oh, God, she's going to hate her own fucking father. Here we go. Daddy issues, yeah. <laughs> Which is something they did in the comics recently, too, which is weird as fuck. You love the direction they're taking all those comics, so... Well, I understand that's oh, like yeah. the new... That was, like, the more recent, like, retelling of the story with, like, the new 52 reboot way back, right? No, it's... It, it kind of turned into its own thing. It was, like... It was weird. I don't want to get into that, because I'll, I'll fucking talk about it forever. But, yeah, I, don't, um, I don't need to get you all red-assed. We don't need that. Yeah, but, like... Uh, <laughs> My biggest thing about this was, though, was like, I remember, like, again, a bunch of nobodies fucking directed this movie. I don't know why these multi billion dollar conglomerates keep getting fucking nobodies to, like, be in charge of movies with, like, known characters in them. They're cheap and they're easy to blame if it sucks. I guess so. But, like, when I first heard this movie was announced, I'm like, they're doing a Batgirl movie? I was like, why? You can't even get goddamn Dick Grayson into a fucking movie. Why is she getting her own movie? <laughs> Right, right. Nightwing deserves better. I told you guys, it might have been last week or the week before that. It's Batman, but with tits. Super marketable. I like. I mean, I like that. I like that version of the character. Uh, Barbara Gordon's my favorite version of Batgirl. But still, I felt like it was a little like out of left field. Like why? They should have done a sequel where she's crippled and she just sits in a computer room the whole time and tells Batman what to do. No, it sucks. 
Don't don't get, don't get me started on that either. You don't watch Oracle as a character. Yeah, so they should call her something like Vision or Seer or Oracle. It's not that I don't like her when she's in her Oracle phase. I don't like the the whole reasoning behind doing it and what the. the oh sure. It, it was all predicated on a what if story that they decided to go with that, and I, mm-hmm. I was like, no, that's that was not part of the canon. Goddamn, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that, that you need thing. to just start your comic show already. I'm, I'm fucking sick of talking about this yeah. all the time. <laughs> I mean, if anything, what you really want is we just need to do a live action version of Killing Joke, and then just like if you want, if you want Batgirl, we'll give you Batgirl. Starring well, Jared really, Leto. We're, we're gonna make her great until we ruin it, and everyone's gonna be really pissed. Don't waste time, effort, it's, and money on this. It's, it's gonna be like 30s in Spain when they're watching the fucking Frankenstein movie and traumatized. No, if you really want to traumatize you, the the death in the family thing, he beats up Robin with fucking crowbar. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty brutal too. Like, <laughs> the worst part about that that was like the fans base were like, "Yeah, do this," because we don't want him anymore. Like uh, we don't have to. Like again, like you said, we don't need to go there with all that stuff. It's like, man, Joker's a dick. Yeah, he's, he's a bad a, guy. He's a, it's a villain. Shit, he's but, not uh, supposed to be misunderstood. He's actually a bad guy. Right, but that yeah, I just kind of wanted to touch on that. I thought it was kind of amusing and and crazy, um, and I don't know. Uh, people still kind of speculate. Oh, they're going to show Flash. They're not going to do that. There's, it is going to come out. That guy could murder somebody, and they're still probably going to push. Come on, him. man! I need to see Michael Keaton. I gotta see yeah. guys. Was I... it's the only thing I'm interested in from that movie. That's the only reason why I wanted to see this fucking movie too. Because like, what good Batman? Yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. you noticed? I think someone just has it out for Michael Keaton. Because any film that he's like, oh, I'm gonna be Batman, and they're like, no, fuck you are. <laughs> Something <laughs> happens. Uh, yeah. Shit. He finally re embraces Batman, and we can't see him be Batman again. God damn it. Well, it's like that interview we had. Is like, what was it with Stephen Colbert, where he's like. Yeah, you played Batman, and he immediately responds, I am Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Played. That's all my my news, though. That's all I got. Chaz, I know you have some news that you want to... Yeah, yeah, so just a couple bits to talk about. I'll I'll, uh, go through the first one kind of quickly. It's kind of neat. Discord's on Xbox. Woo! Uh, They're doing the rollout. Should have something that's more widely available, but this is like the step forward in the, the future of just having everything streamlined and cross-play. Um, the funny thing is, is that I saw this and saw a bunch of people talking about, oh, this is great, Xbox will be the superior thing, and then people are arguing online, and they're like, well, no, you can already have uh, Discord on your PS5. It's been possible since day one. And someone goes to this lengthy explanation of how you can use uh, a really weird version of, of uh, a driver that you can put either on... Um, a hard drive, uh, external hard drive for the PS4 to then use the, the, the software to then have Discord. It comes up in an external app and pull it. Or or you can try to like use the really shitty Internet Explorer to pull it up and then download it. Exactly. It's like, (laughs) that is way too many steps. Just put it on your fucking phone and just do it that way. That's what I was going to say. Just... (laughs) uh, Just call it autism. Put it it in your phone. It's easy. Yeah. No, you could know, Discord on your Xbox 360. It connects to the Token Ring network, and you upload to the, the pipe. <laughs> why can't? Why? why when, when is Switch going to get Discord? Well, never. <laughs> no, 
ever. <laughs> Actually, I take it back. They'll put this. They will. They will release Discord on Switch exactly one week before the next console for the Nintendo launches. No, they're gonna put Discord on the Switch when when Discord Two come gets announced. Discord. Yeah, there you go. Exactly <laughs> it, when it's totally irrelevant. But uh, um, but that was a, that was a quicker thing. Um, the two bigger stories I had, that I thought that were neat. Um, we'll touch on the other one. When both of them were gonna like be funny to talk about because we can all melt down over them um so uh blizzard you know they're preparing they're getting overwatch 2 uh ready with their, their open beta with the still the plan to still release the game in october and apparently not only with what uh restricted beta they had but also with their surveys with people that were eligible for this they were asking like oh hey these are things we're going to offer during this time frame how much would you pay for this x and y and they're kind of using the same model in testing out the market uh just like they did with diablo immortal with basically the idea that we'll just put price tags on these we'll just pick arbitrary numbers and see what people will pay so some of the legendary skins that they're offering now are like jeweled weapons or, or weapon skins again these are things that are purely cosmetic have no bearing on the gameplay at all but uh people can pay uh they have some of these ranging from 25 dollars us up to 50 dollars you just pay fifty dollars to buy uh, some of the, the things, and there are people that are going to buy these. Like you have these whales out there that will pay an absurd amount of money. Like, yeah. How fucking stupid is this? You can find that clip of Michael Cole saying "stupid, dumb, <laughs> dumb. stupid." He's watching. They're going to fucking ruin that whole franchise with that game. I swear I, to God. I'm really upset about it because I, I'm actually All, all the 3D porn in the world isn't going to suck and save Overwatch and Overwatch 2. Like, see this? Yeah, see that right there? I'm ready. I'm so ready. And I like Overwatch. Game. I, I love that game. I played a shit ton of Overwatch uh, for a Wait. long, long time and let go of it. I really want to play the sequel. And what, yeah, they're going to ruin it. Oh, that's they real? They're going to make a bunch of money, so they're going to learn absolutely nothing. Wait, that's wait. Overwatch Two is real. I, I thought that was a joke when it got. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're doing away with Overwatch. So yeah, you have to play Overwatch. Uh, Dubs over here been yelling at all the the transgendered comic book adaptations that are coming out. He forgot that Overwatch Two is actually happening. Yeah, and and Tracer is actually a dinosaur. No, I, I'm not I, sure with gender yet, but. I, 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 I remember seeing this. I remember seeing Overwatch Two being announced, and like they're like, "Hey guys, Overwatch Two, but it's not really a sequel." And I'm like, "What? What the fuck are you talking about?" It seems like Overwatch One Point Two or something. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's when... real, but it's not. It, it's it's different. And they're doing a whole game. It's just that they're attaching it to the like they're doing the thing with, like with a lot of the other um, like free to play. Uh, things again they're taking the template from like riot or something else similar to that where the game is going to be different and new and they're going to add to it but it's uh they're like again you can download overwatch now as a base and it says overwatch 2 beta it's going to like cross or carry over to it but they're looking to try to make all the money from look at all these things you can buy and i mean can you blame them i mean Diablo Immortal made a hundred million dollars in, in the first eight weeks it was out, despite all of, like the horrible press and all the negativity it got out. How I mean, I mean, shit about what people were saying. People could be actively writing death threats about them, and they're like, it's the scene of uh, what's his name, Woody Harrelson wiping his tears away with money. Like that's that's how they feel 
Like, listen, like, oh, it's terrible. It's be mean. Just cash all over their face. Listen, th- there's people that buy immortal shit where Blizzard got like millions and millions of dollars. There are people that are buying fucking e-girl Twitch thoughts, fucking farts in a jar for two hundred dollars per jar. Yeah, that's the point. And weird shit. And they're just gonna keep on doing it if you keep on buying it. So vote with your wallet, people. Stop feeding in the fucking monster. Yeah. Also, those fucking streamers that be like, "Look at this! Look how stupid this is! I just spent fifteen thousand dollars. You're not helping. You're not helping. Yeah, you're not. It, 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 I saw a report, and I legitimately watch it. I legitimately had to like check to see if it was like an onion article or something about the guy. It was like a guy that spent nearly a hundred thousand dollars on Diablo Immortal, but then he had spec his character so much with all the pay to win based stuff that he now is ineligible to uh like actually play the game with anyone else. Like the, I guess like you'd be able to pair a ranking in a group, you have to like reach be a certain level, and he's out leveled everyone to such a degree that he can't match with anybody. So he literally can't play the fucking game with anyone. And then, He's an island unto himself now. And then yeah. Blizzard is like, thank you for the money, bye-bye! Yeah, I guess you have to make another character. Don't talk about China! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I will see what happens. I'm I'm fine to see it. It's like, and that's the thing, is people don't have to buy these things, but they're definitely going to like, they're, they're going to make so much money off of this. You're going to have idiots. So you're, many skins. You're going to have idiots second, like try to like get big off of it too. Be like, oh my God, look at me. I just got this Overwatch 2 thing live on Twitch. Come watch me. No, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be we're opening up packs from Overwatch all day today. Mm-hmm. Come watch my stream. Oh, look, we got a legendary one. Oh my God. We did it. Loot boxes galore. I mean, that's the thing is, if you have that system, people pay tons of money to get those things. And get those so it's gonna be. Things. They're just gonna straight up sell the skins. There's not gonna be loot boxes or what? I don't know yet. And well, and that's the thing is, like right now, it's that preliminary part because the beta is still kind of iffy. I think they've done some limited open beta, but it's mostly been closed beta. But it's it, what came out today with reports of these surveys they're doing to see what people would pay. Basically, they're just asking, "Hey, this skin will be fifty dollars. Would you buy this?" And a lot it's, of the info that's gotten skewed. is largely negative. People are saying no, but I think it comes out more about whenever the beta is actually available. Will people buy these things? I hope no. they're saying no because the people they're asking are the marks. Like those are the people who just really want that stuff. Oh, sure. And I was afraid, like, it's all going to be in a bubble. And they were like, would you pay for this? And I'm like, yeah, I love it. Uh, of course I want a lower cut shirt for Tracer. Oh, of course I'll pay $50 for that. And they're going to be like, okay, I guess we'll just do this for everyone now. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I I think it's going to do poorly. But I I think I think the evidence is there that it's actually going to do quite well financially. It's just going to be a laughing stock to anyone who wants to think critically. I just it. I just love the hypocrisy of people and be like, but uh, Bungie Activision or not Bungie Blizzard Activision. Um, you guys are literally raping people, but I'm still gonna buy your game and your microtransactions. Like, shut up! Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna boycott a company because they're literally Hitler and literally uh, raping people, then um, stop buying their shit, and then you won't you know see them succeed and still I don't be. Know a if bit- you're talking to the same two groups of people, though, is the problem. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd say the, the circle, the Venn diagram is probably very thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I think here's the thing. Short term, they might succeed, like, financially, and that's what they're looking at for the short term gains. But long term, it's not going to, they're not going to succeed with that type of plan because, it, again, look, how long ago did Overwatch come out? What was it, 2016? I think so. Right? Like, late 2015, early 2016. So, like, you're looking at a game that sustained and actually kept a good community. Even now, like, there's still a lot of lot of rank behind playing Overwatch and doing the competitive scene and the turning play. And, like, you're not going to be able to sustain that for a game if people are just, like, they paid all their money, but then they get pissed and walk away after three months. Like, you're not going to be able to hold that. And then that turning play and holding on, on streaming and, and, uh, and having uh, competitive play, that's a big revenue uh, uh, producer over time. So... I think you shoot yourself in the foot a little bit if you go the Diablo Immortal route with this type of game. Like, nobody, again, it'll be wrong. People are going to probably stream and watch, but, like, Diablo Immortal is not something you set up in that type of uh, setting. It's it's not mm-hmm. going to be the same. So, yeah, you it, they, there's a good chance they're, they're going to ruin. They're going to gain a lot, so then they're not going to learn a lesson, but they're also going to lose what they would have a few years from now. Um, but it, we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out. Um, so, uh, I guess in the same vein of things, uh I'm talking about one company known for their microtransactions and nonsense. So Riot, um, you know, the, the major company uh, involved in in League of Legends, their heavy uh, uh, heavy microtransaction free to play stuff, basically helped kind of model the format of, for these types of games. Um, so they have a game that's coming out. They are finally dabbling into the fighting game genre. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, Riot has now made. They've done their own card game. They uh, they have Valorant, which is their version of, of Overwatch or the shooter, which uh, is heavily popular uh, in in those types of communities, especially the more competitive scene. Um, so now they're making a fighting game based on the League of Legends characters in that larger universe, and uh, called Project L. And it was announced, I think, just yesterday that Project L is going to be free to play. Um, and it, at least if you look at specific, just whether it's 3D or just side-scrolling fighters that are 1v1, this will be one of the first of its kind on a major platform to be free to play like this. Oh. Effectively, like where you get several champions and some are free and you have to buy them. And uh, the fighting game community is melting down over this. Um, additionally, there have already been some reports of, uh, nothing that's been confirmed about which streamers they've gotten, but there have been a lot of reports of uh, Riot reaching out to top uh streamers we're looking at professional uh, uh gamers that either stream or are content- consistently winning um a lot of these uh national and worldwide uh, fighting gaming tournaments uh within street fighter and uh, street fighter 5 and uh, tekken 7 being the most recent ones uh looking to see if they would uh be willing to sign contracts to exclusively stream the game um if you're not aware for valorant for instance they did a very similar thing trying to pull people from overwatch and, and they were successful in getting people to stream. And when that game came out, there was actually a media blackout. Uh, they had an agreement with Twitch. The only way you could watch Valorant or find out anything about that game was to watch on Twitch. Like, they effectively tunnel you into watching and getting viewership that way, and it was highly successful. Um, the thing that's going to follow a similar pattern with, with Project L. Um, so people this is going to be very out. successful. Very likely, but people were pissed. They're like, no, nah, this is the death of the fighting game community. This isn't what we're supposed to have. So a lot of people. I don't think that's true. I think this no, is just either, intelligent. I think uh, Riot, like I'm not like a Legends fan or anything, but I think Riot is a very intelligent company. I think 
getting a, a popular streamer to sign and say they'll stream your game is the same thing as buying an ad spot during the Super Bowl or World Series or whatever. It's just it's just the modern equivalent of that for video games. They're just advertising their game in the most intelligent way. It's something oh, yeah. that other companies like you know, whatever EA, Activision Blizzard, Ubisoft. It's not really something that they're targeting, and I think that's why Riot is is growing faster than a lot of other game companies are. Oh, the amount of money that's invested within League of Legends alone is absolutely absurd. I yeah. mean, it's one of the one of the driving forces as to why. Um, esports is taken so seriously to the point that there are colleges and now even high schools that have esports teams. Like that's that is a big part of that. And there are plenty of games that are pushed in that direction, but League of Legends is a core of that. Um, and it's, that's right. I, I agree with you. It's a business model. It's very smart. People again are just up in arms because that's what it is. Personally, I don't. Think How do they? What are they? I don't understand their argument. It's going to ruin fighting games because people aren't going to be streaming them. Who cares? Because it's different than what it was. I, it's it's more of just that, ah, you're changing what was there, or I something's I, happening, so I need to react in a negative way. I, I think it's a lot of I think that. there's two things. I think there's two things. It's either A, a the streaming community, because fighting games like Tekken and Street Fighter, to get to the point where it's at today, it took a really long road for it to be you know featured on Twitch, meaning being the big you know, fighting game community. They're thinking probably because it's a new a new opponent, a new competition, is that because it's free to play, now you have you look at Street Fighter Six coming out and be like, Do I spend seventy dollars for a game or do I go play this free to play game that's kinda like Street Fighter and there's a lot of more people because it's free to play. Um because once people, you know, start playing that then maybe the Street Fighter lobbies might be smaller um, and other games as well. So I think that is a reason why they're probably freaking out because it's new competition-wise. And streaming-wise, it's probably going to hurt them as well. Well, if people are freaking out, then that means there's an audience to watch Street Fighter and Tekken. And mm-hmm. if these people move on to other games, then other streamers can come in and stream those they're games. They're all selfish. Like- I, I yeah it doesn't I don't I, like I don't care if I, I don't really know a lot of I don't care if Sonic Fox and Hungry Box go play Project L it doesn't fucking matter to me I'm still gonna play Street Fighter you know it's it doesn't matter yeah. plus yeah. there's already been free to play fighting games that have came and went yeah that model I feel like was popular with the PS3 I feel like DOA and Tekken both did that didn't they. DOA Tekken, there was a Soul Calibur, and Killer Instinct was probably like... Yeah, and Killer one. Instinct, yeah. yeah. Killer Instinct was the really big one, I remember, because it, it was one of the, the launch titles for Xbox One, is that right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. it yeah. a success, I thought, critically and at least somewhat financially. I mean, at the time it was there, it kept up for a while, yeah, it, was, yeah. it did fairly well. So, I think that's the thing, is that people were... This is more of the whole, people were getting butt hurt to get butt hurt. I, I don't really think this yeah. is anything more I than that. I think you're right. I the only thing I would counter to the point that um, Doves had brought up, which again I, I think is it is fair to think that people are concerned about it, but those are more problems or issues as far as revenue that <coughs> actual companies are going to be worried about versus like individual people because the more options that are available, the better. I think that one thing about the fighting game community, again, take it for better or for worse, fighting games in general, especially the competitive side, they are unique from other games in that. <laughs> 
Yeah, all Batman. the other games that are very high, like the highly competitive games that get a lot of mainstream. What what are they? They're team based games. You're looking at games that where you actually start still are with a team, whether it's three people with Rocket League, or if you're looking at five v five with League of Legends, or, or so on. Fighting games are one v one. Yeah, and that is very very different because the element of working with a team in multiple layers is not there. It's strictly just based on what your skill is and like the tier list of what those characters are. It's just a very different dynamic. And that's not a bad thing. Um, but uh, the community itself is just different too. Um, and again, there's some people that are very open, but there's a lot of toxicity that carries through that. I think it's very similar in that when you get to really high level play, when you're watching these team-based games, I don't think there's as much toxicity within the groups of players that play versus just the community because uh but then at the same time the same people that are trying to play and they're only peaking at like gold or or less uh playing in uh ranked mode again they still have a very egocentric mentality the reason they're not getting past gold is because they're not able to play as a team uh they they don't have that mindset of trying to win in that regard they're looking out for themselves um and that carries over that same mentality is exactly what a lot of the fighting game community players have because they don't have to look at a team-based game. They're still thinking about themselves. So then it's like, oh, you beat me because you used a better character in tier, and that's trash, and it's cheating. It's it's just that same thing. So it gets really, really ugly. Like I can't tell you how many times I've I've organized and ran tournaments or, or you know competed in tournaments for either Smash events or other fighting game events, and. Some people are nice about it, but some people just get so butthurt and ugly about it. And it's just, yeah. it's nauseating. It's it's kind of entertaining on, like, that grand, like, Evo level. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't seem... I, I don't know. It, I, I feel both ways about it. Like, on a, on a smaller level, like what you're talking about, that's, that's horrible. How can human beings care that much about goddamn street fighter or whatever but also i like watching youtube documentaries about someone throwing a crab at hungry box and why that's important like oh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah even then when you get to those higher level uh players i mean again a lot of them do a lot of good things and do a lot of charity drives and like a lot of for the most part a lot of them are like they're promoting something healthy within the community it's yeah. all that in between of people trying to reach to get to that point that mm. think that they're good enough to get there and they're just like, again, really ugly about it. Yeah, yeah look here, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the event I helped run just recently, it was a local thing, very small. And, I mean, there are children there playing that, like, clearly are, are just playing to, to for the fun of it because they're there. And mm-hmm. you've got people showing up with their own controllers and, like, geez, this one guy's wearing a glove playing Melee. And and it's <laughs> like, like, you have a glove to play Melee at a place where there are only 200 people. There are, like, literally people in the event that have never even played this game. And you're playing with like 20 other people. It actually made that much better that that guy got his ass beat. And I won't, <laughs> I won't go there about all that, but you're welcome. Uh, t- taste the, the Jigglypuff rest. But uh, I felt good about that. But uh, but again, like, I'm not there to like make that guy look bad or feel bad. I, we're there just to play and have fun. Have fun. Just, it's a video game. Yeah. Exactly. It's a game. So it, I think that's the thing. If people just take it way too seriously because people get way too wrapped up in their own escapism sometimes. And that then that becomes their own world. And if that gets shattered, then it's like, well, the whole universe is done. It, it's kind of dumb. Uh, just enjoy it. That's the take from this. Like, don't, don't get too wrapped up in it. You know, it's too, it's way too much to hold on to hate and be upset. Like be happy. Enjoy the game. I actually, I feel bad 
for people like that, I guess. Um, I, I might have told this story on the show before, and if so, I apologize. But Zach and a friend and I went to compete in a Street Fighter II tournament at a MAGFest at some point. And there were, like, a ton of people there, like, being, like, pretty cool. And the guy I fought, I was like, well, I guess congratulations in advance. And we were, like, joking around and having a good time. And um, our friend competed against a guy who, like, barely said a word to him and just, like, soullessly kicked his ass, just, like, backed him in a corner and just, like, beat the snot out of him like it was clear he didn't know how to play street fighter 2 that well it's just doing it for fun and just didn't even let the guy have any fun like he was clearly gonna win no matter what didn't matter to him it's just mm-hmm. like I-, I wanted to be like man fuck that guy and i was i was like man fuck that guy but also i was just kind of like that sucks it's like that mm-hmm. guy's not having fun playing street fighter street fighter is a fun game mm. well and think about what that I feel does bad for people. him Think about what that does, though, when that's someone's first experience trying to get into a game like that. That may not only turn them off of that game, that turns them off of that entire genre. Competitive fighting. Or just playing. They may never play a fighting game again for the rest of their life because of that. In Magic the Gathering, I know it's a segue, but it's a very similar mindset. People are hyper-competitive when it's a fucking card game enjoy it have fun like it drives me crazy when people just like won't yeah. speak like they just like do it's an ongoing struggle to this day to get get him to play any fighting game it reminds me <laughs> it, re- it reminds me of uh the launch of injustice by the way which is kind of funny because you brought up injustice before with the fighting game and <laughs> Uh, my my friend, she uh, was the manager at the game, so she's like, "Come down here because we we don't have a lot of people." So like, I brought a couple of people that played fighting games, and then there was like little kids, <laughs> and there was a prize, and all of us went into fucking game mode, and we were just like fucking cleaning house, and then like I had to beat a girl. Hey, I got a fucking thirty dollar gift card at Ga- GameStop. I was fucking pumped. That went towards my injustice. But that just reminded me. I just I clean it. I I think it's different when it's a tournament and there's a price to, a prize that's involved. I don't mind the competitive. If you suck, then you're gonna get your fucking ass whooped because this is fucking Cobra Kai. No mercy. Fucking clean house. Uh, I, I guess what's your price to become an asshole? Like I mean, I guess for dubs, thirty dollars yeah. in GameStop bucks. Yes. But, <laughs> yeah, wait, which is basically the like a couple of used games. So, like, like if someone was yeah. like, all right, I need you to like soullessly stomp this child at Mario Kart 64. I was trying to think of a game I can actually play. And I'll give you a thousand dollars. I'm like, this kid's gonna get scarred. <laughs> you know, what's your price, I guess? And some of these people are playing for like millions of goddamn dollars, so I get it a little bit, but I think it's like a pickup tournament where it's just like, guys, come here, play Street Fighter 2! And yeah, you get that. There guy. was no prize. There was no prize in that tournament. It was there was no prize. It yeah, was just, I think it was like five dollars worth of like Magfest bucks or something. But it's yeah, not that's, a real that's, prize. That's what all those Magfest things are. And, and again, to me, like I, the way I look at it, that same event that I ran before, I played, I ran the melee one for them, but the N sixty four one that I played in, um, I, I just played in it. I just showed up and we played. And and that that event, I played against a kid that showed up his dad they brought him there he's there and he's like in a motorized wheelchair and like clearly has like a bunch of like delays and disabled but like he's a nice kid is able to talk just physically assuming he has like cere- cerebral palsy or something but um you know he's able to play 
And I still played the game. Like, I didn't beat this kid's ass. But in terms of, like, how he played, though, it it wasn't like I sat there in silence. Like, I'm interacting. I do the same thing when I play any type of thing like that's, that. That's all you need. You can still win. Just, you know. Yeah. Like, we were sitting there playing, and, like, we're, I was like, oh, man, that was really good. Like, you wouldn't even know how much it goes. It goes such a long way to look at someone when they do something, even if you still beat them and go, oh, that was a really cool block, or that was a cool way to do that, or, or to say something. And some people don't like that because they want all the silence and focus because they're way too into it. But they're like thinking way too hard about it. Like the whole point of you being there to play to begin with was to enjoy it. Like that's the point of it. it I, you can do that no matter what level you're doing it at. I, if you can't play and interact, you're not good enough in that game. I, the way I look at it is, and it, again, take it for what it is, it's a hard line because I am competitive. I, I will get competitive over a bunch of dumb stuff. So I'm a hypocrite for saying it. But I will never not like just be mean to someone over it. That's, that's where I, I have my line. But if I'm not trying to make a career out of playing this fucking video game or whatever game I'm doing to play, I have no reason to actually be a shitty human being to someone else over it. That's just my rule. Like, well, I still play and, like, beat somebody? Yeah, but there's a way to do that and still have fun and enjoy it. And if that other person's upset, like, you can still show some empathy. and like, oh, man, sorry. Hey, it didn't work out this time. It's okay. But you don't have to sit in silence and just be... Uh, you know, a shithead about it, or like do something scummy. Like that, imagine that happens all the time. Like it's not cheating, but just finding really shitty ways to like do certain things and like rules lawyer things, and and, and that happens all the time. And I always hate that because I'm that, a fucking that, heel. <laughs> well, I, well, again, it's it's fine, it's fine to do it, but like again, the whole point is like think about why you're doing that anyway. You're playing that, and it, I always think back to the perspective of if someone acted that way whenever I was first learning how to play one of these things when I was a kid or this or that, I'd probably never play it again. And it's like, you're scaring people away from the very thing. And if you don't have any other, anyone else to play with, well, then you're like the guy that spent a hundred thousand dollars in Diablo Immortal, like fucking pointless. Right. We've come full circle. I, <laughs> I fucking crush you. I go get better and then come back. I can, I mean, for me, it's, it's my good example. Uh, I could play. I played a lot of Dragon Ball Fighters, and I I don't like to. I'm not bragging about it at all. I was pretty good at that game. I'm not gonna say I was like, oh, I'm really good, but I was pretty good. I won some tournaments. Like I was ranked in the state of Virginia playing it. I was pretty good at that game. I could sit down and play a, like a hundred sets with someone and win every set, then go and play a hundred sets with someone else that beat me every set and have just as much fun as long as that other person's interacting and we're enjoying it. It totally just depends on how that other person's interacting too. Um, and you know, if they're ups- if I'm playing someone else and they're not feeling it because they don't like that part, we'll pick something else to play. Like I'm not there just to to demean someone. We can play something else. So that's not a big deal. So um, I, I just me though. Know, everyone's got their own vibe of how they handle those things. But yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna be a dick and be like, "Okay, get suck it. Uh, you fucking you, you can't play and all that stuff." But like, I'll be like, it won't hold back. I'll just like own and then just go. My my exception to that rule is I totally will flaunt in that regard if you were a dick to me first. If you were the asshole, like classic like eighties like movie where you're like, Oh no, I'm the cool guy that knew how to ski down on the you know, I'm the I'm the best skier of this mountain and we're we're going at that and it looks like I'm the underdog and I'm gonna beat you, I am totally gonna like be some flashy asshole about it because it's funny at that point. Like at that point I'm trolling you. I did that once playing you know, guitar hero event against someone and I while I was beating them, I just put the guitar behind my back while I kept playing and then beat them. Yeah, I'll do that because that's like you were the asshole first. You took the first stone. I'm, if I'm, anything, everyone else around us is going to enjoy that karma. I'm the shark kind of guy. I'm the guy that like loses the first round really badly and then go 
it's fucking on and i just fucking wiped the board <laughs> oh. see i'm glad you you explained that because when you said you're the shark i thought you meant you eat the children i was like oh oh no no <laughs> yeah i won't go that far we're on yeah. youtube for god's sake uh <laughs> uh but other than that any other news uh, i'm gonna close the show out now unless you have anything uh, else no nah, we, we went a while on that but uh, it was it's good all right remember cobra kai no mercy uh <laughs> fucking knock, knock him down sweep the leg uh that was a legal kick by the way by daniel um but if you want to catch more of Big Trouble Podcast, we're on all podcast services, but the known ones like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, we're there too. Uh, getting some color, we're going to be recording this Thursday. We're doing only raw, only raw dog in it this time. Just uh, raw dog. Let's yeah. express all the way, brother. Yeah. We're taking a break on WCW Saturday night because it's boring and it sucks. And uh, maybe we'll be. Yeah, maybe it'll be better uh, next time. Uh, and a podcast to surpass Metal Gear, uh, we did record the first one. So if you were watching my Twitch channel, you got the raw video of that. That's not the final product, but you get to kind of see the behind the scenes. So you might see more of that. You might not, but uh, keep an eye out for that because we're going to do uh, more recordings of that before re we release that podcast. Uh, and the Nemesis Project, I know me and Zach need to finish Resident Evil 7, and we're doing all the DLC um, as well. So that's probably going to take a little bit of time. Um, but other than that, I think we will end the show here. So bye, guys. Peace. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. I waited for you like to say